Taking off in five, four, three, two. Yo, fuck's up, man. What's going on? Recovering. Yeah. Last night. Yeah, but, uh, about last night. I'm back in a game. Yeah. You know? Are you? You sound extra nasally. Uh, I don't little, know if that means you're <laughs> that, that won't stop me. Uh, won't it though? <laughs> a little bit? Slow you down? No. You'll need to breathe. You got to breathe great. a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so I do want to hear about your escapades last night. Uh, we'll go over that super quick. But uh, before we did that, I got an interesting little thing. I had an interesting experience yesterday. So uh, I'm researching for the show, trying to figure out what stories I want to do, whatever. I kept seeing this one article. So I was like, fuck it. This is not something I usually do, but let me, let me look at this, right? This is not something, it's something I usually care about, something I usually give a fuck about, but let me, let me look at this. So it was an article about Kim Kardashian and it was, uh, in reference to, uh, remember that corset? that she wore to like the Met Gala or some shit where she basically looked like a fucking mermaid. Yeah. It was like, it, it shrank her waist. Like, yeah. To this, like to the point of where it just looked both uncomfortable and yeah. like, they talked about how like set like weird, um, body image. It, it sincerely did. Um, now, uh, this article was basically talking about how she was basically in excruciating pain the entire time, right? So I'll give you some quotes that she had. And I guess this is from like an episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians where yeah. she says this. She says, honestly, if it's an emergency, I think I pee my pants and then have my sister wipe my leg up. Kardashian says, I'm not even joking. She can wipe my leg up. What? Yeah, what the fuck? Wipe my leg up? <laughs> I guess wipe the... The P, the excess P off of your leg. And she was saying that... Excuse me? Because she was like... Taking off the dress she, is not oh, she, an option. It was, it was changing. Not is even not remotely. An option. I'd rather not, be not myself. Remotely. Yeah. Which sister? It would have to be Chloe, I, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Do they rock paper scissors it? Do they just try no, to figure out how that's going to go? Or? I think it would just have to be Chloe because uh, <laughs> Kylie. She's the default. Just clean up act. Kylie has the most money now. Right? Yeah. So okay. So she's not doing telling too her much. What yeah, to do. yeah. Yeah. Kendall. She's is, like, well, I got a billion, so I'm not. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't do that. Yeah. Kendall's very successful on her own and reserved so yeah. she's just like uh, she never needed to carry the kardashian name, myself so she, yeah she's yeah. like okay no. that, that's true yeah, uh, she, what about uh wait there so we talked about kylie did we talk about kendall yeah kylie kendall and then, then uh courtney, courtney is the okay, oldest sister is the next one um courtney she, is the one who doesn't give a fuck yeah she's like she's, she's like, like no yeah. i'll let you sit in your own yeah. pee before she, i wipe yeah, that she's up she's like yeah yeah, she's got some fucking cunts with your big fake asses. Like, yeah, I'm not doing that shit. No, she, she's got dignity, yeah. So, it, it, so Chloe's <laughs> the only one be, left. Yeah, yeah, by process of elimination. Right, yeah. I guess Bruce now. I guess he's one of the... Uh, yeah, but he's Kardashian. not a sister. So she, yeah, she was, she, was, she was saying one of my sisters. But even more than that, she says, I have, uh, I have never felt pain like this in my life. Kardashian revealed, never, uh, that, that she revealed. Um but I went through a strange journey when I was watching this as well as slash reading it. Why were you watching this? I don't know. I, I just kept seeing the article on, uh, cause like, again, I was, I was researching the, um, researching for the show and I was just trying to find different shit. And I just it's kept okay seeing if you this. watch keeping up with the Kardashians. I, I don't, but, but he, hear me no, out. But it's okay. Here's where I'm going. Sure it is. I'm just saying I, I, I don't, and I'm not trying to say I don't as in I'm, I, yeah. I, I'm objective to it. Um, I, or and, I, that I'm, but listen, I want you to know that it's okay <laughs> if you do, you can tell me. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, no, but the strange journey I went on was I went from 
this is fucking nonsense what the fuck these goddamn kardashians what the fuck are they doing to hmm maybe i'm being a bit of a hypocrite to back to know this this is all insane and they're they're fucking crazy to maybe I'm why a did hypocrite. you think you were being a hypocrite here's why I started to think about it like, are you, are you kidding me? You, you fit into this dress just to fucking go to the Met Gala for what? Like, why? What was what is, would be the purpose of that? But then I remembered, I've got a football game tomorrow. I'm going to go play football. Somebody might hit me. I might be doing a lot more exercise than I'm intending to do at fucking nine, ten o'clock in the morning. That doesn't feel good all the time, but yet I do it. Completely different. But then I took it even further. I said, Hmm, maybe that's not good enough. You're right. Maybe we're back to, you know, these, this is all st- stupid and crazy. Then I went to, well, I've actually got some shoes that don't necessarily fit me the best, but I know they look fly as shit, though. Still wear them. Are they excruciatingly painful to wear? At times. At, like, excruciating is, I guess, a relative word, but it's sometimes it's like if i wear this that particular shoe for a while i'm like oh i gotta get these bad boys off like yeah. this is hurting you know um but i still have them and i still wear them some for some fucking reason yeah so wouldn't that make me a bit of a hypocrite to look at uh, kim kardashian and and then i even took it further like okay well what's she actually trying to accomplish and this is where i got stuck this is where i didn't know where to go okay so i wear the shoes i look fly it's a little painful, but I can still kind of deal with it and kind of carry on in my day. Yeah. In the actual thing that she she was talking about, that the, the article that this was, uh, it, you know, that it had a quote from her that basically said it left like permanent indentions in her body, like this corset. Yeah. And I was like, but that's just going too far. That's just too stupid. far. But then I I wondered why it was going too far, and the reason why is because what's the cost benefit? Like, what are you actually benefit? It's not like they're going to fucking hand you a award after this. Even if they do, who gives a fuck? That's a permanent, like, but then I started to think about it even deeper. Like, well, um, uh, for his role in The Machinist, um, uh, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Guy who played Batman, Christian Bale um, transformed his body. And I was reading an article about him, about how he... Uh, how he dropped all this weight and how like it was fucking like crazy. He was only eating like a can of tuna and an apple per day, and and that you know uh, all this other stuff for someone who's gaining a lot of weight for for a particular role. They transform their bodies, you know, in in these ways that are you know can have long lasting effects on them. So ultimately, I say all that to say, I have no fucking clue where I land on that. But it wasn't as easy as just all oh, fucking Kardashians. It's so easy to paint them in that light. But yeah. if you look at it from their perspective, like she's a socialite, right? Like she in you know, a businesswoman now and she's doing all this justice reform. But at her base, she's a socialite. She's just famous for the sake of being famous. Um, uh, but in that realm, that might be important to her to you know pull this thing off at the Met Gala because nobody that's something completely different than what everybody else is doing. Yeah. I got lost down a very long rabbit hole of this. <laughs> but, uh, of so this I, I want to comment on that for a second. Sure, sure. So I think if you're an actor or an actress, mm-hmm. right, and you change your body uh, for the sake of the art for playing the role, right? Because yeah. you know I think film um, movies are art, right? Yeah. So if you're doing it for the sake of art, then and it's purposeful, right? Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me. If you're an athlete and you change your body, whether you lose weight, you drop weight, you you, you put your body at risk, you, you do these workouts where you're basically destroying your body and trying to rebuild a better version of your body, right? So you yeah. can perform better. That makes sense to me. And I also do think sports, um, 
it's sports artistic in a way, right? Yeah. And those two things are important. Film is important. Um, I think sports are very important, right? Yeah. The Met Gala, like what societal purpose does it serve? Uh, to be honest, I don't even know what the purpose of the Met Gala is. Is, is it like a fundraising type of thing where... Uh, I think it's just a bunch of uh, rich people get dressed up in wacky ass outfits and... I don't know really what happens on the back end of that. But I think like the money you pay for a ticket to go ultimately goes to like some cause or some... Does it though? Probably not. <laughs> um, but but I, I think that's what it's that's what's supposed to happen, right? But sure. at the end of the day, I mean, I really do think it's a publicity opportunity. Like it's sure. good to be seen there, mm -hmm. right? If you're a celebrity. So in, in her case, she's like, all right, well, if I'm going to be there... I need to wear a dress that makes a statement and then I, this dress needs to make the cover of Vanity Fair or like Bazaar Magazine or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, and to her, again, being a socialite and businesswoman, generating buzz, right? Being on the cover yeah, that's of magazines, yeah. that's how she is. A, and how do how you generate buzz more than wearing a fucking crazy ass corset that makes you look like you're fucking out of some sort of animation? Exactly. So uh, now... Uh, from her perspective, does it make sense? Yes, but not in the same way that uh, an actor or an actress I'd argue, or, or I'd argue an yes. athlete. Right? I'd argue yes, because that's her, that's her no, job. So, I mean, I, I famous, yeah. It makes sense, right? Yeah. But is is it in the same way that no no do uh, what you're i think what you're trying to drive at is do we value it the same right so us looking I, and at I'm it i'm trying to like re, uh, re, deduct my value from it right i'm going to remove no but that I, from I, the I no but i think that's a key that's key to it right like it, 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 of course she values it because she's going out of her way to do that and she's famous and she needs to like stay in the limelight and she needs to yada yada um so from her it actually makes complete sense that she'd do that no we're, yeah and i agree with that we're looking at it like what the fuck are you doing that's insane right but it, it's because we don't like i'm sure the people at the met gala other people are like what the fuck i wish i had that idea what that, this, talk or to my fucking stylist like, Yo, uh, i'd never take it that far i mean so i'm sure some people did you know it's funny uh when tom brady was at the met gala i think it was last year and they're like tom like what are you wearing like you know how important is an event to you yeah uh, or this type of event to you he was just like i'm just wearing a suit you know yeah I, whatever i don't really want to be here yeah I'm whatever here because of my wife yeah all right <laughs> no, no i i do believe he didn't you could tell tom tom doesn't okay, give a fuck tom. about the met gala okay tom Tom brady wants to win super bowl tom wanted to win the Met he Gala. he probably had a playbook here's how competitive tom is he wants to he wanted to win the met gala he's like you know what but like he he had yeah. on the most basic suit, just a black suit and then like yeah, a bow tie. I know, I know. my joke um, made, made no sense, but I still went for it though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we uh, we escape past. You can edit yeah. that out. Uh, not at all. Not at all. We, we keep all but bloopers in. Anyway, yeah. uh, shit. Tom Brady may have won the the Met Gala. That might, it was, he, he did have on a nice suit. Hey, it was being, a basic being suit. So normal that you counter all the crazy other shit that other people do. That's true. Yeah, and there's nothing like just a black tux. Yeah. It's as crisp as it can get, right? Yeah. You yeah. can have on a nicer suit, more fancy suit with like patterns and threads and blah, 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 but black tux. Yeah. There's nothing like black. I think that's the moral of the story. And here we go. Yo, 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 yo. It's your boy, T.O. As you know. It's your boy, O. Rain. Real name, no games, no gimmicks. Yo, this is the motherfucking Fade Podcast. Your one-stop shop for everything TV, media, and film related. Along with any other goddamn thing we want to talk about. Coming to you live, direct, Heart Studios, Baltimore City. What in the fuck is up? 
It's football Sunday. Oh, it is football Ooh. Sunday. We got it's a divisional. Why, do, why did I say divisional? I, I, I don't know. I, yeah. uh, I'm we have a divisional to matchup <laughs> at 4 p.m. today. So my team, the LA yeah. Rams, is playing uh, uh, my brother Fabian's team, San yeah, Francisco yeah. 49ers. Shout out to Fabe. I cannot wait for that. One time, one time for Fabe. wait for that game. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting, though. We, we both know Fabe. Fabian <laughs> is... I think that's an existential question. Fabe Do we is, really know Fabe? No. When, it, when it comes to uh, uh, sports, yeah. uh, you know, particularly football, mm-hmm. Fabian is definitely one of the most frustrating. He will admit this. He's definitely one of the most frustrating types of fans. Uh, uh, when, I don't. I, I definitely don't know. He'd admit to that when his. I think he'd admit to it uh, when his team is I losing. Here's how much I I don't believe that. I guarantee you we'll we'll get into an argument about that exact topic later on today. Okay, no, and I, I've said it to him before, and he's acknowledged it. He's like, yeah, okay. sure. But right. it's kind of like one of those like, yeah, sure, whatever. Acknowledge this. Um, but like when Fabe's team is losing, yeah, right. Uh, he's there's like this blind optimism about sure. we're going to get better or our team is yeah. doing good or this is why we lost right um, when his team is winning there's this like you know there's this hysteria yeah, of yeah. like we're fucking great I told you we were going to be yeah. Yeah. like yeah uh, so today's going to be an interesting which, day which will I don't I'm not convinced that it will happen today but the there is a downturn for the uh, it's because everybody's being so disrespectful to the 49ers right now and that they're they're clearly undefeated and should be ranked a lot higher than they are, but they're like eighth on everybody's list. And they're like, I don't know, they're offended. Like, I can't believe it. This is disrespectful. But it, it's appropriate. Yeah. Well, like, so the reason is uh, when you look at the teams that they've beat. Yeah, they've really, they've really they haven't had no games, played yeah. any like top 10 ranked but, teams. But weirdly enough, I think the same thing about the Patriots, right? They haven't really played anybody. They, they've paid all these bum ass teams. The only team that they might have played that was had any juice was the Bills. And they just had a obscenely good defense but their offense obviously they lost I think uh, Josh Allen is his name is, is that his name uh, Josh Allen yeah yeah, or is that the guy from uh, the Panthers I can't remember but uh, but anyway so they lost that, him yeah, they, like, no, they knocked him about Josh game. Rosen no. no 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 yeah that uh, isn't he the Bills quarterback Josh Rosen no no it's definitely not Josh Rosen no yeah fuck him it's okay yeah. <laughs> whatever <laughs> uh, alright uh, so dope football Sunday uh, we're gonna get into a little later in terms of uh, we're, we're just gonna spend the rest of the day watching the shit out of some red zone cannot wait um, it's gonna be exciting uh, so but you know here's how dedicated we are to you all uh, we're gonna bring you this content even though the one o'clock games are precisely 15 14 minutes away from fucking starting we're gonna fucking hammer this out get the goods to you and then go fucking watch that's how yeah. much we love that's called commitment absolutely. dedication absolutely and we, we only have 16 or 17 of these fucking weeks you know yeah. and we're already blooped through what six of them already so yeah. and here uh, we are doing this for you yeah it's it's it, this yeah, is yeah. uh appreciate it we are good men yeah, no, no, i like how we're just <laughs> demanding <laughs> people appreciate us all right let's jump into uh some upcoming movies uh let's talk about what's coming out in uh, uh theaters uh right quick uh so uh the first film coming out in theaters is this um it's actually only it's scheduled to only appear one day uh in theaters uh this uh uh, jay and silent bob uh reboot um and i think it's literally called that jay and silent bob reboot i think that's that's the actual title of the film i might be wrong but uh, I'm pretty sure that's it. With the original J and Silent the original say, uh, J- Saiyan Silent Pop. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. I'm drunk. <laughs> um, 
yeah i, I i'm, I'm not gonna i'm gonna be honest I, I i've never really been a fan i mean i've been a fan of some of their films that they, yeah. they've been in but uh like I, I was never a really big clerks fan i mean I, I kind of watched it a little bit but i never really got on that wave i it's super like really important indie film but i just never it was just never my wave like i i think i <clears throat> I definitely started watching movies like thereafter. Yeah. And it was one of those movies that everybody's like, Oh my God, this is like, you know, it changed everything. And I was like, at some point in time, I'll go back and watch that. And I, I kind of just never did. I, I watched it a little bit, but I, I just never really. Yeah. Onto it. Uh, I've enjoyed them, you know, like clerks and, um, you know, the uh, earlier Jay and Silent Bob films. Um, which one was like a fuck, fuck, mother, mother, fuck, mother, mother, fuck, no idea. fuck, 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 fuck. I would not be able to tell you that. I have no idea. I, I don't know if it was clerks or, if it was like just one of their uh, standalone films, but yeah, well, I like I know they had like Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Um, uh, Didn't they have one with Chris Rock? Yeah, that was, was like uh, that was Dogma, unless I'm mistaken. Dogma, it might have been Dogma. Yeah, that was Dogma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, so I mean, I'm not gonna go to the theaters to see this shit. No, under no circumstances. Fuck will no. You catch me. And again, not because I like I I, I hate them or because it, like I just I I have no concept of Jay and Silent Bob. What if? Yeah. Let's say I hit you up like, yo, Tunde, mm. let's go see a movie, mm-hmm. right? But I didn't tell you what movie it was. I was just like, yo, just, you know, we're going to go see a movie. I'm not going to tell you what it is. We're just going to get there. We're going to watch it, right? Mm-hmm. We get to the theater and it's this. Mm-hmm. How I, would you feel? I would just leave. Even if it was free, you weren't paying. Whatever, whatever movie that's showing in the opposite theater, I, w- I would just go watch. I don't, I wouldn't even care what that was. Yeah. I, I, so you wouldn't would even see go. this if it were free. No, that's some disrespectful shit. <laughs> but that's exactly the way I feel. Right? If if somebody picked me up and brought me to this movie, I'm I'll be like, to, and, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful yeah, either. But I'm really trying be like, to uh, toe the line here. I just I've never been this interested movie is in best James Taylor Watched from the couch or a bed. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you really can't find anything else to watch, yeah. but I'm not going to sit in a theater for two to, hours to watch this. Yeah. Uh, no. that, is, that is untenable. All right. Um, so just to give you a quick synopsis, Jane, Silent Bob embark on a cross country mission to stop Hollywood from filming a reboot, uh, reboot based on them. So very meta, but, uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll still miss it. Nonetheless, uh, this is coming out, like I said, this Friday. Um, and it's directed by Kevin Smith as customary for all of Kevin Smith's or majority of Kevin Smith's uh, films. Okay, uh, let's talk about uh, what else is coming out. Um, we have uh, this uh, Zombieland uh, 2, which uh, Double Tap, uh, which, uh, of course, is uh, the, the follow-up to the uh, the first Zombieland. It's like 10 years later, right? Yeah, that was, uh, that was what, 2000? Yeah, that was about 2010, somewhere around there, that... Uh, that zombie land came out i could easily look it up but i also don't want to no let's go with 10 years yeah, yeah. Like round <laughs> number just, yeah, let's just guess uh so the, the quick synopsis uh zombie uh zombie slayers tallahassee columbus which uh wichita and little rock square off against the newly evolved undead uh uh again oh and i'm sorry jay and silent bob comes out not friday that the 15th would be tuesday if today's yes. what, the 13th, 14th, yeah, Tuesday. Yep. Okay, so that comes out one day only for Tuesday, which is a very interesting release. Um, but anyways, uh, back to Zombieland Double Tap. Um, this is directed by Ruben uh, Fischer uh, and, uh, of course, has returning all the, you know, I think uh, original characters, Abigail uh, Breslin, Je- uh, Jesse Eisenberg, Woody Harrelson, and, of course, uh, Emma Stone. 
Um, okay. Uh, let's move on from there. Are you going to see that? Huh? Are you going to see that no. in theaters? I will not. No. Uh, actually, and I'm, I'm actually lying. I probably will see some of these films just because I, I want to do a uh, really all-encompassing end-of-the-year consensus for films. Yeah. So I have to see a lot of movies that I, I just uh, or yeah. would have yeah. no interest like, in It doing. would just be difficult for me to... For me to go to this to the theater and pay to see this, this is like again another movie. I feel like you watch from the couch, right? Mm. And and maybe just because not stream- necessarily. I think I think it has like a lot of action in it. Um, but do that's I do I nice need Dolby Digital IMAX 3D? Maybe to see some zombies heads in sh- Like the what is it called the the seats that shake? The yeah. S- yeah, you know, feel the effect. C-box. I, I think the more appropriate question is: Are we? Are, can we just be done with this whole zombie? Like, it, like let's end the Walking Dead. Let's end. Yeah. Uh, you know, any movies that are in production that are even referring to zombies. I, I let's just let it go. Like it's it's over. The wave yeah. is the wave is done. You they keep. And, I mean, Walking it. Dead. Now the the most recent season has gotten way better. Yeah. Because. Um, there was a stretch of like two seasons where it was just difficult to watch. Yeah. It was fucking horrible. Um, but it's gotten a lot better. Let's be done with it after The Walking Dead is over. I think it was like one more season or something like that. Sure. Right? Uh, you say, and then eight seasons yeah, later we'll still be talking about in, in terms of movies, no more <laughs> movies. If there's any movie in production right now that's about a zombie, uh, let's just a zombie it. apocalypse. Let's, just, let's, just, yeah, that. Yeah. let's save some money. Yeah. Save some time. Yeah. Right? Because it's going to be disappointing in theaters. Yeah. Um, Wrap that shit up. Yeah, well, let's let's do that immediately. Okay, and then also coming out is uh, male- uh, Maleficent. Maleficent. <laughs> Maleficent. I, uh, maybe it's because I tried to like speed through that. Maybe that's why uh, I was having difficulties. Um, but uh, Maleficent, um, Mistress of Evil, uh, which is of course the um, uh, sequel to uh, I think it was it 2016 2015 uh, film of the. Uh, uh, called Malef- uh, Maleficent. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I'm having such difficulty right now. Uh, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, uh, a formidable queen causes a rift between uh, Maleficent and Princess Aurora. Uh, together, they must uh, face new allies and enemies t- uh, in a bid to protect the magical lands which they share. Due out again, uh, October fifteenth, uh, directed by uh, Joachim Roning. Reining? I'm I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing that incorrect, but oh well. Uh, and of course, the star is Angelina Jolie, um, uh, L uh, L Fanning. Is that her name Ellie or L? I don't know. Um, L Fanning uh, and Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, as well as Chitwell, uh, uh Joe Four, uh, who was in, of course, Twelve Years a Slave and uh, uh, American Gangster. Yeah, and all those Four sorts. Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, great so actor. the first Maleficent. I saw a phenomenal movie. Like mm-hmm. I really, really enjoyed it. Angelina Jolie plays this role so well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm actually really excited to see a second one. Did you uh, see it with your daughter? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Was, it, uh, was it very kid friendly? It was like, you know, her, her, the, the makeup for Angelina Jolie was, uh, um, she looks scary as well. Yeah, she looks scary. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it still is a softer film. So mm-hmm. I, I think like, a you know, kids three and up can watch this movie. Hmm. Um, it's funny because when we watched the first one I think in like 15 minutes my daughter fell asleep 
<laughs> so, uh, I was like, okay. Yeah. I'm going to finish this. Yeah, and it yeah, turned, I can't wait to, turned I can't, out to be a really good movie. I can't wait to see her uh, Rotten Tomatoes review of uh, Maleficent. It's like, <laughs> snooze <Yeah>. fest. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, then we have The Lighthouse, uh, which is a um, film directed by Robert uh, Eggers. Uh, and uh, it's about two lighthouse keepers uh, try to maintain their sanity while living on a remote and mysterious New England island in the 19 or I'm sorry 1890s uh, and this film stars uh, a one Robert Pattinson and William Defoe Willem William Defoe. is that what, how it would be pronounced oh yeah that's yeah. that very true uh, William whatever um and of course this is uh being distributed by uh 824 which is uh any movie that they put out i will go see don't yeah. don't need any that's like what they call like first look in in you know hollywood terms of like you know whatever you come up to that uh, fine yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay uh, when does it come out no, i don't even know need to know how much it costs just yeah when? oh shit give me a time playing the incorrect. um so I, i've seen this trailer like two or three times and I don't know if I love this movie, but it is a very interesting <coughs> looking. It looks movie. very interesting. Yeah. yeah, it looks like it's. Uh, it could be. It could go either way. It could go be like one of those really slow burn. What the fuck's happening here? Yeah. To holy shit, this is like off the walls, weird, yeah. crazy. The, the plot of, of this movie is very weird. About yeah, very birds, specific. Or is it like the pigeons? No, no, no. This is about the two guys in, in, a in lighthouse. the lighthouse. Yeah. yeah, and they're just they just go slowly crazy over the course of time being at the in this lighthouse together. Um, um, which I think is uh, it's a very uh, bless you uh, a very interesting sort of premise. Um, and anyways, yeah, anything that fucking like I said, anything that A twenty four does, I uh, they got some I fire can, coming out too. Uncut Gem, the movie with Adam Sandler, yeah, yeah, really yeah, good. Yeah, um, and there's another A twenty four movie. I think are we gonna do a trailer review for A twenty four? Yeah, uh, I think um, Waves. Waves, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're gonna yeah. talk a little. Even though it's a, it's a bit of an older uh, trailer. You know, I think we we're gonna chop chop it up about that very a little quickly. Bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I did. I did realize that we have looked at that trailer before. So, <laughs> but yeah, we, we wouldn't hurt to talk about it again. Throw so. Sterling K. Brown. Uh, yeah, throw the alley um, over real quick. And then also coming out this uh, uh, this week is Jojo Rabbit, uh, which is a film. Um, uh, directed by uh, Taika Waititi, uh, and. Uh, uh, and uh, Jojo is a lovely German boy who discovers uh, that his single mother is hiding a Jewish girl in their attic. Uh, aided only by his imaginary friend Adolf Hitler, Jojo must confront uh, his blind nationalism as World War II continues to rage on. Uh, and like I said, uh, this comes out uh, on the 18th. Um, and it also stars Taika Waititi as uh, Adolf Hitler himself. Um, and uh, also stars uh, Scarlett Johansson. Hansen, Sam Rockwell, uh, and Rebel Wilson. Um, I want to go see this. I'm just so fucking curious about it. It's it's going to be weird as fuck, and it's going to yeah. be trippy. But uh, for 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 one, Taika Waititi, like he he puts out quality, although quirky things. Uh, he, he puts out very quality work that at the very minimum is intriguing. Yeah. It's going to make you laugh. It's going to make you think a little bit. Um, and something like this is such a weird premise that it's just like uh, it's going to be entertaining because it's just a foot just based off of fucking a premise it's hard to miss with that like of being yeah. like i just need to see what this shit's about 
and it's it's uh, it's uh, obviously touching a sensitive topic or or mostly like a sensitive character right so this has to be done right and i don't think they would be producing this film and putting this film in theaters no with our culture today it would be canceled immediately if, exactly if yeah. it wasn't so up it, to it, it has to be like in the previews for the film it has to have been like a um either the writing was great, the production was great, or the film is just entertaining and delivers uh, some type of purposeful message for this film to be in theater. So yeah. it looks interesting, and I kind of do want to see it, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, who knows? We might fuck around and do a... Um, um, press play, a press on, play on, on it. Yeah. Uh, but who knows? Uh, but it... Um, the, the, uh, and I'm, I'm going to talk about this, this last film. Um but uh, it's just a fucking very interesting week for you know for film goers. They they've got a lot to choose from this this particular weekend. Uh, weirdly enough, I think this is one of the better weekends of for film. You know, at least as far as the fall goes. Um, th- those are all movies, with the exception of maybe Maleficent, that I, I just didn't ever watch the first one, so I, yeah. I really don't give a shit about this. Yeah, this next whether one. or not you have a kid or or not, like yeah. it's just a good movie. I recommend it. Okay, like if you have a moment. Yeah, look for something to watch. Check it out; it's good. Okay, um, so rounding out our uh, film going experience uh, is this uh, this film called um, Nigerian Prince, uh, and th- admittedly, this is only opening uh, in uh, limited theaters, specifically New York. Um, so unless I make a fucking trip up to New York, there's no uh, hope that I, I, I'd see this movie anytime soon. But um, I thought I mentioned obviously because you know, hey, I'm fucking Nigerian, uh, and when you see the movie called Nigerian Prince. So you, you gotta, you gotta to talk go. about that. You yeah. have to. Take uh, I, don't, trip I, I, I don't. I don't at all. You think uh, the Metro bus, uh, the dollar bus, uh, the mega bus? No, that no. They they often smell like poop. The and, Amtrak. And I, <laughs> have you ever had a bad like bus ride or of course flight experience? Oh yeah, uh, with someone who like really smelled quick. or no no really quick. Uh, when I was uh, never forget it. When I was uh, younger, I went on the one summer. I went to New York with my my siblings, and if any of them listening right now, they're immediately laughing because they. <laughs> They all know exactly what this was. Um, we uh, we took a bus. We took a Greyhound uh, up to New York to visit my not my real uncle, but kind of my it was a de facto uncle. Yeah. Um, and uh, we were going to spend like pretty much like the whole summer with them. And uh, the bus up there, I don't know if maybe the, uh, the you know whatever you know piping whatever that they have you know for for all the pee and poop and all that shit yeah i don't know if it got backed up if it just wasn't disposed of properly the entire place smelled like the bathroom like uh-huh. and, and very pungent like like very uh, pungent. what was it like a, a porter it smelled like the porter potty it smelled exactly it smelled like, like porter potty. It, it well, both it, it, it was both simultaneously the porter potty but even worse it smelled like the worst kind of the porter potty which is just a big yeah pile of shit yeah um and we had a four-hour ride mm. <laughs> so that was the worst experience i've yeah. ever had on a bus so a quick story uh yeah. same thing we're heading up to new york uh to see my cousin right mm-hmm. um, the bus ride up uh there's a woman on the bus had to have been like a homeless woman or woman just going through some troubles or whatever and i think she was like sitting either the row in front of us or or maybe even next to fabian but like she she smelled horrific mm-hmm. uh to the point where the whole bus was like every, yeah. and everybody knew like the bus doesn't smell it's like yeah that's her yeah um 
and we had to ride up with her to New York oh, for Jesus. four hours. I mean, I remember that smell. Yeah, yeah, That's how yeah. bad it was. Yeah. Uh, on the bus ride back, right? Oh, no. Um, did, she get, did she come back with you guys? Different situation <laughs> on the bus ride back. So, um, so we're in like high school at this point. Fabian, he has a some pop rock candies oh, right? well, yeah and then he also had a I sprite like this is going so yeah, yeah, yeah. so in a natural fave fashion yeah, yeah. so he yeah, like yeah. put some of the pop rock candy in his mouth right and then he's like, all right i'm gonna have a drink of my sprite too yeah and those two things because the pop rocks Re, resp- react yeah, or yeah, respond yeah, yeah, yeah. to like your saliva or whatever yeah. and have you ever you, seen those videos where they like explode out of the, like they put pop rocks in like a some some coke or yeah and, and it blows up, and it blows yeah. up yeah. so fabian puts a pop rock yeah. in his yeah. mouth and then drink, takes the drinks of a soda and it, obviously there's a reaction and he just like it like explodes in his mouth <laughs> and he like we're on the uh, bus and he like spits it out and he's like oh choking, my like, god people are looking at him like jesus what the fuck Christ, are you doing right yeah uh and then like, i think we made a stop somewhere in delaware or whatnot and like yeah there was somebody on the bus who clearly had e- either weed on them or they smelled like weed and at the time fabe had dreads so you know all the white people on the bus kept looking at fabian like yeah. <laughs> we this, know it's yeah, you <laughs> does this guy have marijuana on him yeah uh, it was and can a, i get some yeah it was yeah. just the funniest thing like we knew he didn't have but everybody on the bus like suspected just it, it was him yeah, yeah yeah so it was one of the most interesting uh bus yeah. rides up yeah shout out to uh, uh shout out to weird ass bus rides from Me- mega bus and back this podcast is sponsored by mega bus uh, yeah yeah uh no it's not. um okay so uh this uh, film, Nigerian King, or Nigerian King, Nigerian Prince, um, uh, the quick synopsis is after being sent to Nigeria against his will, a stubborn Nigerian American teenager joins forces with an internet scammer to return to the U.S. Uh, it's directed by uh, Faraday uh, Okado. Uh, you know, I, I don't even know if I did pronounce that right, but I felt like I, I felt obliged to my heritage to, to, to get it to right. try yeah, to even no, say it, it, it sounded correctly. Good. Yeah, it sounded good. Uh, probably not. Um, uh, anyways, uh, like I said, this is being uh, open limited uh, in limited theaters uh, and exclusively, basically in uh, New York. Uh, but it looks like it, I watched the trailer. It looked like a very interesting uh, film, uh, and uh, you know I can attest that as a uh, 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 as a Nigerian American you know uh teenager uh i was threatened many times to uh, uh being sent back, being to, sent back uh, to nigeria, nigeria. and um yeah it always put the the the, the fear of god in me i was like uh, <laughs> i definitely don't want to do that so let's uh let's 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 get on track here let's yeah, <laughs> yeah. um but anyways okay let's um let's jump into what we got going on as far as uh streaming goes uh let's let's kind of blow through these a little little quicker uh so we have a liberty mother uh of exiles uh on hbo um uh and in a throwback uh for uh for hbo we've got actually glass premiering next saturday i believe uh and i haven't seen glass yet so uh so i'll definitely be checking that out uh on hulu we have uh letter kenny complete season seven uh which is a hulu original and then also looking for alaska complete season one which is another hulu original amazon prime we have modern love uh the season one and i think we did review the trailer for it it was with uh anne hathaway and um Tina Fey, he might have been there. I don't know. There were a lot of stars in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, um, but no, this is like the anthology, almost like the you know the Valentine's Day, whatever. I don't yeah, know if yeah. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, uh, on Netflix we have Ghost of Sugarland, uh, The Unlisted, uh, The Yard, Baby, Season Two, uh, Eli, um, and T 
interior design masters the laundromat uh living with yourself uh meat eater and also uh and I said that as if that was like the last thing, but it's not. Um, mighty uh, Little Beam uh, Diwal, uh, Diwali. Uh, we have 17. Spirit Writing Free Ponytails. Tell Me Who I Am. Tune. Uh, as well as un, uh, Unnatural Selection. And then rounding it out is Upstates. Interior Design Masters. That sounds good. Yeah, I'm, I'm I like addicted shows like to that. any of those type of shows. Uh, I don't, uh, I don't really know why. I guess it's because yeah. it's like, uh, like I said, I, and I think we we talked about it. Like, I don't know if we talked about it on a podcast or or if we were just talking somewhere else about it. But um, it, it's like when I I always do it like because it's like something I don't have. Like, so for instance, I watch diners, drive-ins, and dives because I get. I, I love watching it when I'm super hungry and it's like the that's weirdest weird. fucking that's like thing. That's torture, yeah. It really is. That is weird. But I watch the fucking house ship because it's like, I know I can't afford this. Like this is... <laughs> so I like the ones where people... So there's this one I watched called like Living Mortgage Free, right? So mm-hmm. it's about... It follows people who like build their own homes, sure. right? Or like, for example, this one guy bought an, an Airstream trailer mm-hmm. um, and just sold his house and then he like lived in the trailer and i think it cost him like thirty thousand dollars to do it but he was after that completely mortgage free yeah Uh, i like things like that because it makes you think about things a little bit differently and i like home design interior design shows uh so masters of uh, interior design that sounds sounds pretty good i'll watch that netflix just dropped a lot of uh fire content Hmm. um 300 just dropped on Netflix. Oh, these are like throwbacks. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Raging Bull, Taxi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they couldn't. They, they I'm pretty sure that was well timed up with uh, the the release of the Joker. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I, I saw all those on there, uh, and I actually just watched. Um, and we're gonna do like a very impromptu what we watching, but I just watched. Um, um, uh, I just started uh, season one or season two of uh, Big Mouth, which uh, a very good show. I, I liked it. It's a very weird show, but yeah, fucking. Very I've seen good. it on there. I'm gonna check that out. I haven't. I, well, obviously, I gotta go back to season one, but I keep seeing it, and I have it on my to watch list. Oh, you, I, I it's, it's right. You, you'll absolutely love. It. I, I guarantee it. Like, in, in fact, I, I want to make a bet here on this podcast that you're gonna come back in like a couple weeks and be like, yo. Shit, it's funny shit. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give it a try. Yeah, um, because it's like right. It's your exact sensibility. Um, Okay. You don't know my sensibility. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> True. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Let's jump into uh, what we got going on as far as trailers go. Um, this first trailer uh, is uh, for uh, Truth Be Told, which is a, a drama series uh, that is actually going to be uh, premiering on Apple, Apple Original, TV right? TV Plus. Yeah. Yes. Um, Truth Be Told is an upcoming American drama television series based on the novel are you sleeping by kathleen barber and produced by uh apple tv plus the series was created by michelle uh, tramble spellman who is the executive producer uh for the show uh essentially the uh the, the premise of the show is uh, essentially a true crime podcaster poppy parnell is called to investigate the case of convicted serial killer warren cave a man she incriminated after he murdered the and i guess that's a weird thing right it, 
if they don't actually well i guess if he's convicted never mind uh a man she incriminated after he murdered the father of two identical twins uh soon parnell must decide where the line uh where the lines between guilty and innocent lie when cave confesses to the fact that he was framed for the crime uh and this series stars uh olivia spencer uh um, olivia octavia spencer uh, uh, uh lizzie kaplan aaron paul um elizabeth perkins uh oh mckay pfeiffer yeah, yeah mckay pfeiffer's in this uh anyways um it looks very interesting uh the the trailers just dropped last week um so we got a good look at uh, what they got going on um this is going to sort of factor into some of things some other things we're going to talk about uh, once we get into our to our uh, uh actual topics but um Apple TV is producing a lot of content uh, that looks quality. Yeah. But they're doing it from the ground up, meaning that like it, it's not like these existing tentpole properties like Disney Plus has. Um, but with stuff like this, it just looks interesting. It looks different. You know, it looks it looks and they're they're doing it from great creators. You know, yeah. um, when I watched the trailer for this, I was like locked in. This yeah. Looks this show looks amazing yeah i don't know who the fuck is working on their all their trailers but all their yeah. trailers look fire yeah they've got whoever whoever's putting together these trailers yeah they, they deserve yeah give them a, a race. big fucking check because these look yeah. good every trailer i've seen so far of any upcoming apple tv film or uh, a series looks good uh, yeah. particularly this one i mean the cast looks phenomenal the story is great um i kind of like you know there are a bunch of TV shows or series coming out that are focusing on journalism, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the real side of journalism, of how like uh, uh, negative it can be. I mean, we talked about Richard Jewell uh, last week, right? Yeah, the guy who uh, prevented the the bombing in New York during like the '96 Olympics or whatnot, mm-hmm. and how the media played a huge role in um, turning the narrative and. and making this guy who was essentially a hero into a potential villain right and that's what kind of happens here in this particular story and then there's the um what is that other apple tv one i think it's with jennifer aniston yeah uh, i think it's uh it's called uh like good morning or something like that yeah uh, like morning show morning or something sh- like yes that. Yeah. yeah yeah the morning show or something uh, like that, and yeah. the film with margot robbie um uh, bombshell yeah, bombshell. No, I don't think bomb. I think bombshell's coming out in theaters, if I'm not that, mistaken. Well, uh, around the same like narrative, right? Like yeah. things happening in journalism. Like, oh, you're just talking about. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, it really is. Because uh, all of these things are kind of like coming out at the same time or on the well, same speed. Well, we try to speak to whatever is happening in you know the time that we're in. So I yeah. think that people are very interested in journalism and in terms of you know the accurate portrayal of things, and then also to you know how journalism can be biased. You know, yeah. and 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 um, this you know show seems to be speaking directly to that of like you know how sure are we when we condemn people in the public sphere. Yeah. Um, in terms of uh, you know if we got things right or, or you know or or wrong. Yeah. Um, and, and these stories, right? Like most of it, most of the times, you don't know anything about it other than what you read, right? Yeah. And so a journalist has the power to completely impact the way you're perceiving a story, like whether someone's innocent or guilty, what information you get or in how you receive it. Yeah. Um, so in, in a situation like this, you know, she says like in the trailer, you hear her say pretty much that she played a role in convicting this man right and then now she has to go on this journey to figure out was she wrong yeah this looks Uh, good 
It does. It does. Um, uh, so let's uh, jump forward here with uh, another trailer that came out last week. Uh, this was uh, Jungle Cruise. Uh, and uh, Jungle Cruise uh, is starring uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, of course, uh, Emily Blunt. Uh, Jesse Plemons is, uh, is also going to be in this, uh, the, the, this film. Um, uh, as far as uh, it, uh, as well as uh, Edgar Ramirez, who's actually a really talented actor, uh, if, if I do say so. Um, but this is uh, set during the uh, early 20th century. River, uh, a riverboat captain named Frank takes a scientist and her brother on a mission to the jungle to find the tree of life, which is believed to possess healing powers. All the while, the trio must fight against dangerous wild animals and a competing German expedition. Um, and this is being directed by uh, uh, J.M. Colette uh, Sarah, uh, and uh, and yeah, this is uh, it's it, this is uh, this is another turn for The Rock in terms of doing a he has a Jumanji, yeah. you know, uh, he, he had another jungle yeah, type of movie? there was like uh, you know, Journey to the Center of the Earth or something like that, I think is uh, is what that was, um. So yeah, he's just he's just like I don't care. Just put me in it. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, I don't. It doesn't matter. I'm only doing movies where the buildings are falling, and there's cities <laughs> burning, or yeah. if I'm in the jungle, right? Yeah, uh, he has a, specific, a very specific lane. This guy, e- yeah. even in Hobbs and Shaw, a big part of that took place like out in <laughs> out in the Hawaiian you, jungle. You've seen right? Hobbs and Shaw? Yeah, yeah. I still haven't seen it. It's on my list of yeah. Uh, it I have was an ongoing better list of than I expected. It was, it was a lot funnier that's, than I expected. That's yeah, overwhelmingly. I, I that's <laughs> I don't even know what to do with that. It, it was better than what you expected. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have low expectations for it. I didn't have. Okay. It was it was better than. Wait, I'm. This is stunning me right now. I, yeah. it, it, it was actually it, decent. It was because I'm thinking there's no way. <laughs> it was decent. I'll say that. Okay. Yeah, All right. Now, now I really got to watch this thing. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. So, anyways, uh, Jungle Book. Or Jungle Book. Jungle Cruise is due out uh, July uh, uh, 24th, 2020. Uh, and I should probably also say that uh, this, and if I can pull it back up. Um, Isn't it amazing, though, how far in advance they start promoting films? Oh, you, but you have to, you know, especially like with these larger films. Yeah. Um, because if you don't, then people are going to, the, the time is going to come up and people are going to be like, wait, that's coming out? Yeah. Huh. Uh, I mean, is it? It's still just stunning, though. It's October 2019. This film comes out July 2020. Yeah, which is starkly different than things on TV, which they don't typically they they especially if they've been out for a while too. They don't even promote those. Like yeah, like I I, I would always get frustrated because they would never promote like the shows that I really liked on the CW back when I feel like it was already like so. For, bless you, um, the the CW and it was more of the WB back then, but um, for their shows I really love like Buffy Angel. Uh, supernatural all these shows that i'm like i fucking love these shows they wouldn't really promote them they they like the the season would come to it and like the week before they'd have one trailer yeah they'd be like, like out watch whatever it. do it <laughs> watch it now um anyways uh truth be told i should have said is um uh is going to premiere december 6th of uh of of this particular uh year okay uh let's jump forward um oops there we go Okay, uh, this uh, film that we're going to talk about is uh, Earthquake Bird, uh, which is uh, a film, and now I'm lagging behind here. Hold on one <laughs> Which is a film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
that was a good pause there for a second thank you yeah i'm getting better at those uh Uh, fillers yeah fillers where you could just say some random shit and people would be like i guess he means something i don't know um but uh this is a film starring uh alicia uh alicia viklander vic vikander um and nobody else that i know uh riley keogh i think i know her from something else but uh, um, the film is uh, due out November 15, 2019. Uh, it is about a young female uh, expat uh, suspected of murder after her friend goes missing in the wake of a tumultuous love triangle with a handsome local photographer. Um, and this film is being directed by Wash uh, Westmoreland. And uh, yeah, it just looked really interesting. Yeah. Uh, it looked very mysterious and, and a little different than you know a lot of the mysteries and things like that that we're used to. Um, and Alicia Vikander, it, weirdly enough, like she was one of those people who I felt like almost like a, in a Jennifer uh, Lawrence sort of way, very pushed. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I think she was like the one after Jennifer uh, uh, Lawrence that was like they were pushing her. She yeah. Like, here's this girl, for, like, like two her, years you know, straight. She was just everything. Here. But she's she's phenomenal, right? Like I remember watching X Mac, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know who she is, but I know she's doing a fucking marvelous job with this film because her her her. Uh, her acting in, in that film was impeccable. Um, yeah. She was just excellent in, in Max, uh, Ex Machina. Did like her in Tomb Raider, but... Uh, Didn't see Tomb Raider, so yeah. I can't comment. <laughs> no, it, it might change your perspective. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but again, it, it, when I see things like that, then I, I think, oh, that's about the movie than more about than her actual like talent, you know? Yeah, so, I, I will say that yeah. with, um, with Tomb Raider, it was definitely about her... It was definitely like the production or the direction of the film, not her performance it, now granted you know how shitty the film is edited or produced and uh, her direction she has nothing to do with can it. impact how the actor or actress is perceived in the film or the, how their performance is perceived but you, you when you watch that movie you know all right it's not her fault yeah it's just, just what movie. she's surrounded by when you watch her in ex um Machina, Machina, yeah. you're like okay you know the, the talent is there or and, even and, in um there was another film she did with uh i believe eddie um I think it was uh, Eddie. He's the guy from Fantastic Beast and all that shit. Uh, damn, what was the movie called? Where it was about him transitioning. Um, and uh, damn, I forget. I forget what that movie was called. But I, I thought I heard her role in that movie was fucking about. fantastic. Yeah, she was. She was marvelous in that movie. Uh, anyways, let's uh, let's press on. Um, it's gonna bother me if I don't um, remember what that movie was. Fair enough. While you're doing that, I'll move on to this next thing. Uh, l- let's talk super quick the about Danish girl. The Danish Girl, yes, uh, yeah, yeah, a great movie by the way. If you haven't checked out the J- Danish Girl, check it out. It's a, it's a, it's a super downer, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's an excellent movie nonetheless. Um, okay, let's talk about waves real quick. I think we already did talk about this a little bit, but uh, fuck it, let's just talk about it again. Um, uh, it's a film directed by Trey Edward Schultz uh, and is starring a one Sterling K. Brown, Lucas Hedges, uh, Kevin. Um, Harrison Jr., Taylor Russell. Um, this film is about uh, members of a suburban Florida Florida family navigate love, forgiveness, and uh, togetherness in the wake of a tragic loss. Uh, and this is another A24, like we, we talked about a little earlier, this is another A24 film. Um, I really want to see this movie. It, it, again, whoever is producing all these fucking trailers, they're fucking killing it. Uh, yeah. Although, that, I think we were talking about Apple in that case, but, but even for A24, I mean, A24 yeah. trailers, these are fire um, too. Fire, like, uncut yeah. gem. It just, it just looks fucking looks interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, th- this film looks... Um, 
looks really good. Uh, and, you know, Sterling K. Brown, he's carving out a nice, uh, I think you mentioned it before, he's carving out a nice little n- niche for himself yeah. uh, within the market. Uh, these, you know, like, need a very emotional, sad, emotional, yeah, black um, guy. Yeah. He's your guy. <laughs> the family, yeah. you know, the love story. He's your guy. Yeah. Did Idris Elba have that lane for a little bit and then it was like mm, did he? No? The, the emotional he always had he he always had to me the the idea of the tough guy who you knew was kind of emotional but was still the tough guy. What was that movie um uh, the mountain between us or something like that? Uh, even in that one I I mean and yeah. I, for what uh, god really the reason movie. why you and Fabe like that movie really yeah, I'll never movie. understand to this day yeah. uh, but, you uh, saw it though right yeah I, I, and I thought it was every bit of in fact I think we talked about it on the first episode of the podcast we yeah. reviewed it I, I think it that episode's good. called uh, the Bruno between us because that was when like the bullshit about like Bruno Mars and how people uh, say yeah. it's culturally appropriating yeah uh, no. that's good my movie. motivation to say that yeah um yeah, Great work, either. So, so, uh, so waves. Uh, check that out. Uh, like I said, it's coming out in November. Um, okay, let's uh, some some bad news here. Um, you know, uh, you know, we're gonna do our press play a little later on. Um, uh, on El Camino and uh, d- just this past week uh, I believe it was the, the 11th uh, we found out that uh, Robert uh, Forster uh, passed away uh, and he is uh, the very talented actor who I think per- perhaps is best known for his role uh, in Jackie Brown yep. uh, but also was in series like Twin Peaks Breaking Bad um, he was in Delta Force and then I had to think back and I was like oh shit he was in Delta Force uh, but he played like a Lebanese like terrorist or some shit <laughs> but I think he's just like a you know he's like an Italian or something like that I don't know I, I don't know exactly his nationality and I, I'm sure I could you know uh, look that up but um, but uh, but I had to think back to to, to his role in Delta Force um, he was also in Me, Myself and Irene Mahalan Drive so a lot of great things uh, and Olympus things. has fallen Delta yeah. or uh, uh, what is it Olympus has and London has fallen too yeah um, Obviously, El Camino just released on Netflix. And, and he's he in, is El in El Camino. Yeah. He was in the Breaking Bad series. Um, untimely, but, uh, and, you know, uh, someone's death always is untimely, right? Yeah. Um, but I would have, it would have been great to have seen him be able to see the response to El Camino, right? Because yeah. he died before the project was released. Yeah. Officially, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, or, or like right when no 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 released. literally on the day on the day Holy on the shit. day it was released yeah wow because uh, so, um, uh, El Camino came out on the 11th uh, I believe and uh, yeah that was the day he passed yeah wow um, yeah. that's unfortunate but I'm sure that you know it's one of those things where I'm sure he wouldn't change a thing right where it's like you know, I'm glad I got to work on this project I'm glad I got to do the project I'm glad I got put out um, fortunately he passed the day of but not a bad way to go right doing what you love up until like the day you die yeah not a bad way to go not, not at so, all uh, rest in peace Robert Forster shout out man uh, R.I.P. Uh, okay uh, let's press forward here um, so uh, it was and this story's a little stale but you know fuck it we'll, we'll talk about it real quick uh, Jonah Hill uh, and maybe even before I get to Jonah Hill um We've got uh, the Batman coming out, uh, or at least it's starting production next year. I don't think it's coming out maybe until 2021. That yep. might be a lie. No, but, I think uh, yeah, I think 2021 is the expected date. Okay, for the uh, for the Batman, this Matt Reeves directed film with Robert Pattinson as the Cape Crusader himself, uh, and in this actual film, um, 
there's actually going to be a shit ton of villains uh you know uh, that are going to be in the film so we're gonna you know i think in generally in some films you only see like uh maybe one maybe two yeah. of the you know vi- uh, villains from the the batman universe but uh, it's where it is we're gonna get a lot of the villains in this film which will be interesting to say the least it's gonna be hard i think to balance all those characters and if especially if you're doing a very very grounded yeah. batman series uh movie which apparently this is supposed to be it's going to be weird having like the fucking like uh you know the fucking penguin or fucking you know mr freeze or some shit that's yeah. going to be a it's going to be a tough balancing act do you think the joker appears in this upcoming batman movie Ooh, i would say that's a tough one because coming off the heels of uh joaquin phoenix's performance and joker for who, one who would want to play that role at this point no i, I still think you give it to jared leto i i, I it, here's and here's what i maintain is that we never actually got to see what he was truly able to do with that role because of all the fuck shit that went on with suicide squad a lot of his performance we didn't get to see and then also i didn't trust his performance even in their hands you know so i i still want to give him a shot there was rumor that uh not only was uh, the joker film we started walking phoenix we were gonna get uh, a standalone joker film with jared leto uh, with jared leto so they yeah but that may be a part of this that's been scrapped though yeah Yeah, uh, yeah. or i'm gonna that i think rolled rolled into a film um, maybe but then uh, but I, i I, I would actually probably steer against it because yeah, uh, the I, I don't think why. the Joker should appear in this uh, upcoming Batman movie, mostly because the Batman you know universe has so many great characters, so many great villains with really interesting stories. And usually just because the Joker is the bigger villain, those other stories don't get told. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and he sort of eats up the spotlight. Um, so that's why I would keep the Joker out of this. But uh, changing our attention to uh, Jonah Hill, Jonah Hill um, it's rumored that he's uh, in talks to be cast as one of the villains for the film now uh, it hasn't been confirmed which villain he will actually betray it's not going to be Catwoman it might be I don't know know stick that that suit on him you know that that leather suit on him who knows he doesn't work work. out every day right so (laughs) he he looks like he does nowadays rumor is the the villain he is um, uh, set to play is the penguin so I've heard conflicting reports. Uh, it's it's rumored that he it I mean, either it won't be, be Mr. Freeze. Well, it either be the Penguin or it'll be the Riddler. Uh, the is, Riddler. Is there, okay, I can the see other, that the role that he's uh, that that he's being looked at for. Um, either way, I think the casting is a great casting. Uh, but I did hear something that to the tune of that like, he was looking for more money than Robert Pattinson, which is. It, you, you, you might as well just go up to Robert Pattinson and just slap him in the face. Like you might as well just yeah, pimp slap him. Well, yeah. It's funny that we're going to talk about the NBA next. Uh, this kind of controversy, but it's kind of like that. It's like you know, in sports, you just want to get paid more than the next guy. Yeah, but also the fucking lead of the film, and and the one who's going to kick off uh, kind of like a new sort of uh, hopefully franchise. Uh, not, not a new franchise, but a, he's supposed to have like this new era of Batman. Uh, but you're like, I want more money than that guy because. I don't think he's famous enough. I don't think he's good enough. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm better, even though I'll have exactly half the screen time that he does. Uh, I can't knock Jonah for this move. No, like, no hey, it's, because, hey, hey, shoot let, your shot. Yeah, let's shoot be your real. Shot. Uh, yeah. Jonah, weren't, you, weren't you just at, uh, you were just at Howard Homecoming, right? Yeah, I was sniping. Yeah. <laughs> you you got to take your shots. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, I think Jonah is... Uh, somewhat justified in this it's kind of a dick move right maybe you have this talk privately but <laughs> yeah. but then again these things get leaked yeah i know so, right, it's, private it's really conversations become sure. public yeah but if i'm doing this movie and, and and robert pattinson's getting you know 
10 million to play this role if i'm jonah hill uh, i need i need 12 yeah 15 yeah. right uh, just because let's be real you you are the bigger star you I, are the I'm, bigger draw i'm honestly not convinced that that that's truth i i think jonah hill's the bigger star it may it, it, but if we think back think about twilight think about everything that he's done since twilight they they actually have very robert pattinson what yeah. the fuck has he done since twilight uh so he he did uh what was it called uh it was kind of, it's called like a good life or something like that that he that he had uh it, 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 it was a good movie that's it was a good movie but then jonah hill did the wolf of wall street with uh uh dicaprio which he played uh, a a supporting character it wasn't as if he, but he was absolutely phenomenal in that movie okay but i'm not talking to their performances so much as uh what they've actually done what i'm saying is they have a very comparable careers and then and then also too no uh, and then no no and hear me out and then also too robert pattinson how are we gonna uh, try to skirt by the idea that he's going to be in the next christopher nolan movie tenet um which is uh, a 200 plus million dollar film um that's not that's not a small thing so to me that's comparable to something like a wolf of wall street where you got scorsese directing um if you're in a fucking christopher nolan film i think that that's worth something <laughs> i mean come on well we haven't seen that yet so all we can really judge them on is is what we've seen and i no, think no. jonah hill's body of work I, i'm not is saying far better than robert pattinson sure per your liking meaning that for for you I, i'm being objective here i just think he has a better body of work his resume yeah no is, how is, but how's that objective that's two resumes in front of me i'm saying right? that's subjective one from job, your point of view two resumes two candidates right, one whatever. guy's better fair enough all right um so yes if if i'm jonah hill i need a bigger check fair enough uh okay uh so we'll, we'll see sort of what comes of that uh, if he actually does get cast uh from what i understand it's still sort of in a very fluid state so uh so who knows if that's actually going to stick or not uh but either way i think it would be a, a great casting for the film i think it'll definitely add a flavor to the film and i think that based on the trajectory that uh um jonah hill has been on with more some of his more recent work yeah. i think i don't know if he would take this if it was just like this bless you um, if it was just this like cartoonish sort of like ah, yeah meh, I'm the fucking penguin yeah, yeah I, I think he's gonna want to play a more serious like darker penguin right? yeah yeah or or whoever he ends up playing um, yeah uh, okay let's uh, let's jump ship here uh, this is a very interesting issue very very spicy issue that uh, that is that is sort of popped up uh, we're, we're gonna talk about this whole NBA in China fiasco um, okay before we actually dive into uh the, the specific players involved not players but i meant specific pieces involved um let's talk about this whole protest uh that's going on with china and hong kong to give people some background into it okay uh so so for those who might not know hong kong uh hong kong was transferred to china in 1997 by by the british uh if i'm not mistaken um uh, obviously, like they colonized, and and then they were like, ah, fuck it, like we'll just give Hong Kong back to you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm I'm definitely not doing it any service by even saying it that it was it was even in that manner. But, um, uh, but uh, Hong Kong is uh, considered a special administrative region, um, uh, and uh, maintains separate governing and economic systems uh, from the mainland of China. So it's basically apart, and yet separate from China. Yeah. It's with it, but also not. 
Yeah, it's uh, could could we relate that to any of the states? Is 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 it somewhat like? Uh, Washington, well, Washington D.C. is our nation's capital, so it's a little bit different. It's very much yeah. Part of maybe no, I don't, I don't think we maybe Texas. No, no, no. I, I, I maybe you could if you no no if you Alaska. If you go down, no, no, no. If if you go down to maybe uh, um, I keep wanting to say the Philippines. The Philippines is not what I'm trying to say. It's uh, like Puerto Hawaii, Rico, like Puerto, or, Rico, Puerto Rico or somewhere like that. Yeah. Uh, I think that's more comparable. I, I, I still, no, yeah, I th- yeah. I think Puerto Rico would be it. Yeah, yeah, where it's sort of this separate thing, but also not a separate thing. Yeah, because um, Puerto Rico became it was the 51st state, to, right? I don't think that that's the case. I don't think it's a 50 for, I don't, it, I don't, I don't, I'm, not, I'm, I'm stupid as far as this goes. So I'm not even going to try to yeah, claim yeah. any sort of, it's one of those things. Yeah. yeah. But it, it is a part, cause you don't need a, a passport to go to Puerto Rico, right? No. It's so, part of, so again, it's, it's, it's a part of the U S but also, uh, it's, it's not like it, they, they don't, as far as like budgets and those type of things go on a federal level, I don't think they're considered in the same way that like a fucking, you know, Rhode Island is, yeah. is considered fucking Rhode uh, Island. Yeah, goddamn Rhode Island. Um, but anyways, so, so that's sort of the, the, the context, right? These specific protests, they're taking place because, um, uh, they, they, uh, Hong Kong essentially has opposition to this uh, this thing called the Fugitive Offenders Amendment Bill, um, and essentially what that is uh, is basically like if 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 that actual bill is enacted, uh, it could allow authorities to detain and uh, extradite criminal fugitives who are wanted in territories with which Hong Kong does not con- uh, currently have extradition agreements, including Taiwan and mainland Ch- China. So what that basically means, if China deems that you've done something wrong and you're in Hong Kong, they could extradite you to China, which would be a departure from, I think, what the current standings are, right? Um, and people are like, well, that's fucked up because then China could just arbitrarily say, uh, we don't like anything that you did uh, yeah, for whatever fucking reason. Criminal. And China's uh, already notorious We want to try you that. here. Yeah. Exactly. And, and China's already notorious for fucking bringing down a hammer on any sort of dissenting ideas or voices. Um, so it's understandable why people in Hong Kong are like, fuck no, we don't want to do that. Yeah. You know, for you could just fucking pick me up like fucking... Um, uh, you remember when uh, in the Matrix when um, uh, uh, damn when who uh, when the uh, when the agents agents just, kidnapped uh, came, me yeah yeah would fucking scoop me up and just fucking put some fucking <laughs> when they when they put that <laughs> the little transmitter in my yo, stomach what that still bothers me <laughs> it, that little robot disturbing, fucking yeah. uh, worm <laughs> tentacle or whatever they put in his in his belly button yeah, it, was, it was gross to say the very least uh, but anyways uh, so now Hong Kong has all these fucking protests um, where all these I think it's millions of people are fucking just you know uh, out on the street protesting um, this extradition bill and then there's all these other sort of things behind it that they're they, you know they're also fighting for along with that yeah um anyways that brings us to the nba yeah now well, hold lot, on before yeah. we get to the nba shout out to the people of hong kong yeah for like like you know a lot of these times when governments make decisions right i mean you know people will protest on social media and they'll you know put out websites where you can go and petition and whatnot no people in hong kong took to the streets and they're like yo you know we are going to uh, verbally defend we're going to defend ourselves um, online in any way we can and we're yeah. going to take to the streets and we're going to physically defend ourselves if need be yeah um, uh, if you've seen any of the footage from these protests they're going hard in, in Hong Kong. Yeah. Right now. I got to give it to them. Yeah. Uh, it kind of uh, makes you want to be there. It's like, yo, look at that. Hey. Get a mask and some gloves. And I want to get it popping. Yo, and their leaders are fearless, too. 
unlike uh, unlike you know some of the fucking gutless people I think we have here in the U.S. Uh, and talking specifically about the leaders, right? Yeah. That um, we have a lot of leaders leadership here in the U.S. That it's like, oh, uh, I'm sorry, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to offend anybody and I don't want to like I don't want to ruffle any yeah, feathers. I want to play both uh, sides of the fence. Yeah, and it's like what the fuck? Like just ahead of a fucking backbone, please. Uh, anyways, why are we talking about the NBA in this situation, right? What happened is an executive with the Houston Rockets, uh, Daryl uh, Morey, tweeted, uh, I think it was last week or, the, or perhaps at the, the tail end of the, the week prior, uh, said uh, he sent out a tweet saying, uh, fight for freedom, stand with Hong Kong. Now, why is that weird? Because the NBA has a very uh, growing business relationship with China to essentially bring the product of the NBA to China yeah. um, and to have it be sort of the symbiotic sort of relationship where they both profit, right? We The NBA gets into that market of, uh, you know, China and huge fucking market for everything, right? For any, uh, for sports, for film, for everything, right? China, because it just has a shit ton of people in China, right? Um, uh, and so sending out this tweet obviously complicates things yeah. uh, because um, it's a very... China is notoriously very sensitive about dissenting voices, right? So if we're in a business relationship and you basically say, hey, what you're doing is fucked up, or at least some representative from your team is saying something you're doing is fucked up. Anything negative about... Then what, what is, we're it is, shutting it is down. The People's Republic of China? Is, is that what, I believe it's what called, it's actually uh, called? I think right? so, yeah. Sure. That's a dope that. name for your country. <laughs> the People's Republic. <laughs> it's a way to make it sound like that yeah. shit is fire yeah, for you, but it's, it's not, not. It's not at all. Not no. really the People's <laughs> Republic <laughs> at all. Yeah, that, that's what uh, that's what they that's in the book 1984. That's uh, that's what they call like double talk. Like basically just like saying the opposite of whatever the thing what actually the, is. The truth is. This is really the government. <laughs> it's like how they come along like a, with a bill in the U.S. and it'll be like the Saving All Children's Act, but really it kind of kills children yeah. or some shit. Uh, millions crazy. of children will die. Uh, so, but going back to the story, uh, a Houston Rockets executive uh, pretty much sent out a tweet in support of the people of Hong Kong in yep. this protest and this fight against the uh, the People's Republic of China. Yep. Um, the Chinese government being very sensitive did not like uh that tweet they know likey yeah, yeah instead of um you know maybe responding to this particular uh, uh houston rockets executive they pretty much oh they uh, banished the it's, entirety it's like the joke, of the nba it's like the joke uh that uh, steve harvey i remember telling on the kings of comedy where he was talking about if the titanic was going down like you know how the people were doing on the actual titanic or on the in the titanic movie versus like how like the black people would have acted in that case and he's like yo just pulling fucking amps and just like we're hopping off this shit that's pretty yeah. much china right now we're pulling the fucking cord out of the amp and fucking packing everything up and it's like yeah. and it's off of a fucking tweet too one tweet one tweet, one tweet. by one person Wild. sharing their particular views but yeah uh, and, and this demonstrates like the power that um the you know uh, the republic of china ass. well that but the power that china is trying to execute against both hong kong and what they're doing here with the nba whereas like they have deemed oh no one, no no they're just trying to pimp slap the shit out of yeah, the nba like you deemed, won't fall in line one yeah. person has said something and they're like oh okay well we're gonna make uh, we're gonna make everybody suffers. Everybody, right? Everybody 
ship. Like if gears. you get in trouble, like you know, uh, you know, if you if you have siblings and like one sibling does something, everybody gets an asshole. Everybody man. gets yeah. an asshole, man. It's like, well, fuck. Like now, either I gotta hate you or we gotta stand together in solidarity. Yeah. Like, <laughs> either, either we gotta fight against mom or we all gotta take this asshole. Right? Yeah. Um, and usually, you just took the asshole in a black household. Yeah. For sure. But, but that that's not where this story sort of stops, right? That's just where it gets spicy. That's just, and 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 the reason why it gets spicy is because we start getting quotes from actual NBA players about this. We have a specific quote from a one James Harden. Let's listen. Yeah, we apologize. Um, you know, you know, we love China. We love you know playing there. Uh, I know for, for both of us individually, we go there you know once or twice a year. Uh, they show us the most important love. So you know we appreciate them as a fan base, and uh, we love everything you know they're about, and, and, and you know we appreciate the support that they give us individually and as an organization. So. Yeah. Um, so that's what Harden had to say. Um, that sounded to me like somebody who didn't fully understand what the fuck was happening. Yeah. It's. Yeah. You're 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 asked a question. You have to make a statement. You're not well informed on like the intricacies of, uh, you know, this issue that's going on between Hong Kong and China. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to just float your statement, right? Yeah. Uh, you say a, ni- a bunch of nice fluffy things. You don't get too too specific. Unfortunately, he the one thing he kept saying was China, right? China, which the media and people listening to this are going to take that as like. The you know, People's Republic of China, and he's supporting them in this issue, and not the people like of Hong the government. Kong. Yeah, no, no, I, I think that's exactly how he meant it, though. But the the reason why I think it was uh, why I don't uh, fault him so much is because I don't think he understood the dynamic between like everything politically that was going on. I think he's just looking at it from his point of view, like. I represent the NBA, and I know that we're trying to be uh, grow this relationship with China. So anything that happens that we're they feel disrespected, we have to make them feel good. It's like if somebody comes over your house and you're really trying to make a good impression, and then something happens, your immediately gut reaction is just like fuck whatever that. I don't even know what the fuck happened. Get your shit together. We're trying to impress these people that we have yeah. over. Um, or if you go over, like if your mom, you know, when you're little and then she takes you and, you're, and the whole family over to, to somebody else's place and she's like, you better not fucking act up. Shit up. I swear to fuck, it, fuck you. It. I will <laughs> beat the shit out of you. Um, uh, and I think that that's the perspective that he was coming from. Now, I think that when you're making statements like that, you should at least do some minimal amount of like... Re- or maybe he does just fuck with China. He's just like, I don't... Yeah, I, I side with China. I, I don't... Uh, I don't think that that's what he was saying, but maybe maybe that's how he feels. I don't know. Uh, but either way, he definitely kind of stepped in it a little bit um, uh, because uh, what that then caused is for Adam Silver to have to comment. And I can't remember w- which came first. I th- I'm pretty sure Harden made the comments and then uh, Adam Silver was forced to talk about this. And this is all in the context of the NBA's over... Uh, in Japan right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got some preseason games going on over there. And I think that they were scheduled to do some some things in China. Yeah. Um, uh, so anyway, so, so Adam Silver comments and he says, uh, the long-held values of the NBA are, are to support freedom uh, of expression and Daryl Morey uh, enjoyed that right as one of our employees, uh, uh, said Silver. I also understand that uh, there are consequences from that exercise of his freedom of speech. Uh, we will uh, have to live with those consequences. Now, how I take those comments 
is he basically was like yeah no we definitely support his right to say that but also fuck dude why the fuck yeah. do you have to say that no, like, <laughs> whenever you're in a position when you're at the top of an organization right and someone in the organization makes a comment or does something and, and then you are forced to respond yeah you know, can you just imagine getting those phone calls imagine you're at oh god you're, you're adam silver you're just right? like yeah it's a tuesday why am i dealing yeah. with this you yeah. and robert Kraft are at one of those asian spas right <laughs> you get the call he gets the antonio brown call and then you're like damn Ro- uh, robert i'm sorry you have to deal with that right it and sucks then, and then you're adam silver your phone rings yeah, and you're, you're like, like oh, wait no. <laughs> houston rockets uh, did what said what <laughs> james harden said what yeah. i i have to do what fuck <laughs> and then he has to draft up a statement or yeah. something like that yeah that would suck yeah to have to come out and make one of these like hey but when they're paying you all that fucking money this is this is why they're for. paying you yeah, yeah. who's paid more adam silver or um roger uh, goodell roger goodell probably roger goodell by by an ob- ob- obscene amount probably yeah i think he gets 44 million a no, I think year it's, oh i was gonna say his i think his contract's over well over 100 who uh goodell yeah yeah because yeah, I, I know it's like 44 million a that's year so stupid though uh lifetime uh health insurance for his entire family and he gets to use the nba uh or NFL private jet I'm sorry NFL company or yeah. private jet or something like that yeah, well, dog yeah, that's get, a contract his, negotiation his, his right age, there not, uh, was it Rosenthal who's, uh, who's, his, who's his age was it Rosenthal <laughs> probably <laughs> whoever his agent is uh, yeah, is yeah he's definitely getting some shit um, okay so so then after Adam Silver made those comments then Harden then found was you know found it uh, incumbent upon himself to uh, then make comments off of Adam Silver's comments and he says uh, we all have freedom of speech uh, that is the wor- uh, world we live in um, and I take that as uh, I don't fully understand still what ha- what's happening but Adam Silver said freedom of speech so I'm just gonna yeah. ride with that yeah I'm gonna take the one thing that I know <laughs> uh, a little bit about I'm gonna echo that but please yeah. no more of these questions because I really don't know what the fuck I'm talking about yeah and then that, that gets to the most interesting I think uh, part of this whole thing uh, this little exchange that happened when uh, uh, Russell Westbrook and uh, James Harden are doing some sort of press conference for uh, for the NBA I think this is in Japan Hi, Christina McFarland, CNN. Um, the NBA has always been a league that prides itself on its player and its coaches being able to speak out openly about political and societal affairs. I just wonder, after the events of this week and the fallout we've seen, whether you would both feel differently about speaking out in that way in future. Um, it's a legitimate question. This is an event that's happened this week during during the NBA. This particular question has not been answered. James. Any other questions? Uh, gentlemen in front. Um, this for- yeah. Gentlemen in front. <laughs> hey, whoever that, um, whoever the woman is who was like, uh, we're only taking basketball questions, uh, the PR person yeah. uh, at this event, uh, way to step up and do yeah. your fucking that's what yeah, she yeah. gets paid uh, for right yeah, yeah. Hey, she's, she's swatting down those those shots she's exactly like, nah, she's nah, uh, sent back to re- uh, return to Sunday <laughs> she might be the defensive she needs to teach James 
uh, and Westbrook how to play that type of defense. <laughs> <laughs> because she, yeah, yeah. she was she was in a full she court was defending. press. Yeah. She was in a full court press. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, that's so, what that was a trap zone. I, she was playing a little bit to trap zone where she was uh, yeah trying to get her hands up. Yeah. Yep. Hey, yeah. She was she's a beast right now. She might make the uh, she should be at the All Star game yes. for sure. <laughs> All conference defense. Yeah. Um, she shut that question down, and yeah. uh, I'm sure James and Westbrook were thankful for that because. Yeah. I think Harden probably knows he's already commented too much on this, and yeah. uh, I'm sure he doesn't want to comment. Westbrook, you Westbrook, just don't, just you just don't want Westbrook to comment uh, on, on it because then you'll just have clips of just yeah. him saying, um, "What?" So yeah, you don't want the Brody to have to comment. Now, on this is frustrating from a journalistic standpoint. I'm sure that journalist was frustrating. Oh, she this, looked frustrated. This you saw, you saw a, the side eye yeah. she gave everybody. She's like, "Man, fuck." Yeah. Although that reeked of like privilege too, though of like. She's like, like, but I'm asking a question. question. You should have to answer. Goddamn right, I'm not answering your goddamn question. The fuck? And, I mean, yeah, and she has to <laughs> know. America. Too. She has to know. That. Actually, technically, it wasn't no, she, America. She was. So. Uh, yeah, she was definitely British. British. No, no, I'm saying they like, were where in, they were. Like yeah. they were in like Japan or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she has to have known that asking a question like this, like it's, you're either gonna get like bullshit. I'm sure she was hoping that one of them would step in it and say something that they shouldn't have said, yeah. So that she could like then take that and create a narrative around it, yeah. But she got, has to have known that that question was gonna get shot down. Right? I, I don't think she knew that. The, I, I definitely don't think she knew that the question was gonna get shot down. I think that from the NBA's perspective, I think at that point you have to shut it down because it's like we can't just keep having all these reckless yeah. comments out here, <laughs> like like and not curated too, because these NBA players they're, they're and here's what brings me to my only takeaway from this isn't it funny isn't it funny dial the fucking clock back and i and i, and I can't say that this is my only idea i remember uh, i think i saw uh, a tweet from andrew schultz where he he alluded to this uh dial the clock back a few months donald trump tweets about he probably something about colin cap i forget exactly what the fuck he was tweeting on um or there, there was like a there was this thing with LeBron and um, KD, I think, where they were in the car and they were talking about um, Trump. And then Laura Ingram has she does a thing on her show. She's a Fox uh, yeah. Fox anchor, and the she shut up and dribble, shut up woman. and dribble. Yeah. You know the, the NBA players know their know their place. Uh, shouldn't talk about politics. Uh, and then all the NBA players came out. Oh well, we can comment if we want. Yeah, we're more than that. Just that. Flash forward to now, where it's oh. Sh- yeah. Well, so here's why I think that might be a little bit differently, right? Because sure. uh, LeBron is someone who's who's been very outspoken about like political um, or you know political issues. You know, he always has like social commentary. I think he was the first athlete to wear the uh, like hands up, don't shoot, or um, uh, the gentleman in New York who was like essentially choked to death, or he wore the I can't breathe shirt mm-hmm. um, for. What was his name? The gentleman in New York who was uh, choked to death by those police officers. I, uh, sorry, I forget I his name. Um, I, I should know his name, but I, for, I forget at the moment. Rest in peace. But LeBron has always been very like outspoken politically, right? And he uses his platform to address these political or um, societal issues. Mm-hmm. James Harden, West, Russell Westbrook, I'm not sure if... I. I, I can't recall them ever being on like the front line of so speaking I, out about some of these I, issues. I would have to go back and, and look at specifically what he said, but if I'm not mistaken, that uh, Harden I think does have a history of commenting on social issues uh, uh, based off of um, 
I forget what do you, I, I don't know if it's the whole thing with the NBA players like kneeling or something like that. Either way, like, I, I know he has made comments. I would just have okay. to go like find them specifically. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that whether it's LeBron or whoever else, I, I think what I'm talking about is the NBA as a whole, right? Like, what is it? Are your players more than just basketball players? Should they not just shut up and dribble? Um, or should they just shut up and dribble? Like, yeah. well, it, I like, think the NBA is in support of, of, uh, player freedom of speech, right? Like Adam Silver didn't try and shut down LeBron sure, and KD sure, when they were. Sure, they, they are until they're asked in a fucking press conference about the issue, and then a fucking PR person is like, "Shh, shut the fuck up." Yeah, don't, now, don't what, was that a Houston Rockets PR person? I'm, I'm positive was, it was. Was that a person? Who I'm positive yeah. it was a Houston so then, Rockets person. Then is that? an organizational thing where it's like the Houston Rockets organization knows that hey they our, speak for the NBA though. our GM has already said this our players have already spoken now let's like let's end the conversation and I think that was a smart but that's, move that's right? still muzzling the the, the conversation because what if what if the questions was, was about uh, you know uh, some some police brutality issue that happened it's not like somebody some PR person is going to come out the, I've, I have not heard that I've not seen that a PR person coming from the side being like no 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 we're not yeah. talking about that we're not, we're not, we're not having those conversations we're just talking about basketball today. I because think that, then that would be literally the definition of shut up and dribble. Yeah, like, I think in this case, it, it, it wasn't necessarily of, hey, uh, we're, we're going to try and silence Harden and Westbrook and our players are only talking about basketball. I think it's more of, you know, let's make sure that the things that we're saying are on track with uh, they can they're free to express their opinions and views but let's make sure that when they do those things they're, they're not being set up for failure because i think this question was a question that hey we just want to get a good sound bite we just want to get a good comment we want to be able to take that and run with it not like a fair question it, it was hey i'm going to toss this up i'm going to set you up say something that i want you to say so i can write a story about it to to further not at all know, I, I saw that question as a very this fair up. and logical question i don't think it was a gotcha question i don't think it was a it was out of the norm i think it's the the natural appropriate question which is hey do you and she was weirdly enough they actually answered the question for her where she was like she, i think her exact question was like hey do you think that you should be commenting on these situations and their answer without saying it was no we do not think we should be commenting <laughs> on this. I if I'm James Harden or Westbrook, I'm in favor of this decision of hey, like, sure. Yes, I'm gonna, because you're, cause I'm you're happy to speak out, but right now, and, is not and, and the, do you, the do you know why? Time. Is because they're not. For one, there's two aspects to it. They're not. I don't think they're as knowledgeable about like the dynamics of everything going on, and that's just from that interview that or that uh, that thing that Harden was asking. He was like, uh, "Well, China's great." Um, that's what leads me to believe that he, he doesn't exactly know everything that's going on. Now, that might be unfair to him. Maybe he does. I don't know. Yeah, he um, could very but, well, but from what well. we've seen. From what we've seen, I, I, I would have to lean towards no. But there's the other aspect of it when money's on the line, right? When when it's when it's talking about police brutality, those type of things, those are all uh, cultural issues in the U.S. that's not going to cost the NBA too much, if at all, right? Yeah. Uh, if they're commenting on it. It's not like the NFL where you just have a bunch of fucking, like, hicks in the fucking stands like, no, you will not fucking nail. Yeah. Um, not on my fucking field, you know? The NBA's different, right? Like, where people are like, uh, whatever, fine. Do whatever you want to do. I don't, just fucking play ball at the end of the day right um whether you kneel whether you protest whatever the case is it hasn't really affected the nba like the nfl so it's there's no real penalty for commenting on on those situations in fact you seem more not necessarily heroic but like you seem more woke you seem more understanding when you do comment on that versus this which is going to hurt you in a very 
abrupt and meaningful way going to yeah. hurt your bottom line, then it's shh, no, 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 no. As soon as, as, soon as we have something to actually rescue. I kind of I get that, though, because it's like, yo, don't fuck the money up, okay? <laughs> don't at fuck the, the At the end up. of the day, do not fuck up the check. Okay, let's wait for it to clear. Yeah. Then we can talk. Has <laughs> the, the wire direct, transfer the gone through, okay? Yeah, it did? All right, say whatever say you want to say. Fuck you say. It's pending? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, yeah. Obviously, there are financial implications for the NBA. I think there are financial implications for James Harden as well. I'm sure he has like endorsements in China. Uh, he's obviously and uh, he has in a partnership with Adidas, and uh, a lot of their shoes are sold in the Chinese market. I know James Harden's shoe particularly does well in China. So yeah, it's it's let's not fuck the money up. Yeah, and I'm sure the people at Adidas were watching this too. Like that woman might work for Adidas. <laughs> She's like they they put her there. Yeah, what, yeah. what kind of she shoes was is she wearing? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> they put her there. Like, hey, make sure he uh, does. We've we've we just dropped his new shoe. Yeah. Uh, a million pairs yeah. we're expecting to sell in China. Yeah. Make sure he doesn't say anything. Yeah, I, I can't. Uh, yeah, I can't fault them. But um, yeah, so that that's how the whole situation. Hey, let us know what the fuck you think about that situation. Let us know where you fall on that spectrum of should be the NBA be commenting on that or are the, is the NBA in the wrong for basically saying yeah we really wouldn't have liked him to make that comment but we stand completely by uh, Daryl Morey for uh, you know his, his free, uh, freedom of speech. Uh, comment us. Drop us a line. We, I definitely want to fucking know what you think about that and, and i'll definitely check out your comments um okay let, let's push forward here uh let's talk about um something very interesting happening right now with uh with apple right uh so of course we have apple tv that's going to be uh, apple tv plus that's going to be dropping in november unless i'm mistaken i think it is november that uh, apple tv plus november is, uh, is that a new month or something is that november you said november either way no, November? So it's not either way. It's November? November, not November. Is that okay? I mean, do you wanna do you wanna like do you wanna pat on the back? Is that no? You say some weird shit sometimes. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Worry. Yeah. yeah. Where did you grow up? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Who are you really? <laughs> what the fuck is this the fucking Jason Bourne or some shit? Um. Anyways, uh, we we have um. This is kind of a two-parter. Uh, we have uh, a new series from Spielberg uh, as well as Tom Hanks. Uh, that's sort of an addition to sort of a series that they've they've started with um, uh, Band of Brothers as well as the the Pacific. Um, uh, this new show called Masters of the Air, which is, uh, is sort of relating to uh, not relating, but directly <laughs> talking about uh, World War Two, um, and. Uh, this is going to be unique because it's going to be Apple's first in-house project uh, that they're actually going to produce in-house uh, and they're essentially they're, they're creating a new studio uh, that they're going to be able to create projects in-house um, and that changes a lot of dynamics right so sometimes uh, when so if you're uh, you know producing content uh, or rather trying to have one of these sort of streaming services you get content basically one of two ways either you're producing that content yourself or you purchase that content from somebody else right yeah. somebody who's already produced it and you're just essentially buying it for distribution uh, or the the streaming rights to it right um so that's what a lot of content that Apple has uh, done up until this point that's that's essentially what they've done is they they've bought this content from other uh other production i guess houses or whatever you want to say or other studios rather um 
but uh, but I think it's a wise choice for them to switch up because there's really no way to compete with other competitors if you're still paying those other competitors, right? Yeah. Like if 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 you if you you know if and and I think HBO uh, slash Warner Media um, produced uh, the previous things, uh, Band of Brothers as well as uh, the uh, the Pacific. Um, you don't want to fucking have to pay HBO if you're trying to fucking have this content. I I just want that content. Like I don't I don't want to have to pay you and make you richer, uh, and then show your shit on my thing. Like that's just that's the conundrum that that Netflix is in with The Office and um uh, uh whatever the other shows that are leaving. Was it Friends that's leaving? Yeah, Friends, um, The Office. Yeah. Uh, I wonder what's gonna happen with Parks and Rec. I feel like that's gonna be a big. Uh, yeah, if that disappears, I don't know. They, yeah. they might be in some trouble. <laughs> but uh, no, so I mean, we we know that Apple has a shit ton of money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think when you look at like a when you do a risk analysis of like what is the what is how much risk are we advert or you know risk advertisement, right? Like how much risk are we exposing ourselves to by producing our own content versus buying it or, or licensing all of it? And I think Apple in this particular case has very low risk because they have enough money to produce it. And even if these things don't do well, um, ultimately I think you're spending less by producing it in-house rather than having a big licensing contract, right? Yeah. Uh, it's just smart. Why not? If you're going to do it, why not do it the right way in the beginning by producing your own content? Maybe over time you acquire some really good content, some good shows and movies, but yeah. produce your own shit in house. Yeah, and uh, Apple has the capabilities to do oh, that. Yeah, because their their pockets are deep. Yeah, and, and not even just the pockets. I think they they have the uh, you know like the internally they have like the wherewithal like and or they could acquire the talent to do these things internally and do it from like a position of hey we know what we're doing right we've put together a team of talented people who can. Lead, who can lead these production studios, uh, lead the production of this content, and have it be good. Yeah. Everything we've seen so far from Apple um, that's going to be coming out on Apple TV has looked good. Yeah, uh, two things. Uh, I'm very interested to see who who they're actually like trying to get. Like, what's their what's their market strategy? Because from the series that I, that I see that are uh, that are going to be premiering when Apple TV uh, uh, TV Plus drops in November. Um, uh, I, it's hard to tell. It's hard to get a beat on like what direction they're actually going in. Cause yeah. you've got a Let, little bit of everything. white women. Is- well, that seems like, yeah, that, that seems a pretty, <laughs> yeah. where I got that from I don't know. nowhere. There's yeah. absolutely no statistical I, I analysis to, to, to ride with you nonetheless. <laughs> but that's a, uh, uh, that's a good demographic to go for. They're all spend yeah. the money. Yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, so just to let you know, uh, here are just some of the series uh, that are dropping when um, when it drops in November. Uh, we have dropping when it drops. Yeah, uh, Dickinson, uh, which is a starring Haley uh, uh, Steinfeld, uh, as well as The Elephant Queen, um, For All Mankind, Ghost Rider, which is I guess a reboot of uh, at least that's one sort of property that's Ooh. sort of pre-existed um ghost rider yeah uh helpsters uh the morning show like we talked about uh but then also uh oprah's book uh book club um and who's gonna miss out on oprah oprah's talking about books damn yeah. another yeah. bag uh, another one yeah <laughs> she's she's a dj khaled of another one yeah another special one. <laughs> uh and then we have uh of course the jason momoa led uh c um, which looks that's, uh, really look at good it. yeah um, and then there's some other ones too but um, uh, but you have all these things and I'm just curious like who because those are very vastly different 
things and it might be like they're just kind of just trying whatever and, and yeah. seeing what sticks um uh yeah I, i'd want to know i want to be in a war room to see what their strategy is what what their attack plan is yeah because i don't know i have no idea who they're marketing like, at least disney you could say okay they're definitely marketing towards the uh, the uh, Star Wars fans. They're definitely marketing towards the Marvel fans. They're like they're they're, yeah. they're very specific, and they can be right. Eighteen to thirty-five yeah. demographic. You yeah, know, the, the people who are watching the, Captain America and, and <laughs> the Star Wars lovers yeah. and uh, ESPN Plus, right? Um, yeah. You can kind of tell there's a demographic they're maybe going for, but with this Apple TV stuff, like I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. And I'm not even saying that's a bad thing. I just I'm just very curious. Um, but to even go along with all of that, uh, they're even if I don't know what strategy they have, they're at least making bold fucking move yeah. uh, moves, right? So we have uh, they're signing big people, big names, right? Um, uh, one of those big names that they've just signed is uh, Alfonso uh, Quiron, who um, who did uh, 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 who was robbed, I believe, of an Oscar uh, for for Best Picture uh, with Roma. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and he's done a lot of fucking great things. One of the more, more notable ones, of course, is Gravity uh, that he did with Sandra Bullock. Um, but he's jumping ship essentially from Netflix. I don't, I don't know if he was ever actually signed uh, to a deal with Netflix so much as he just made a movie and they purchased that, that movie, but he's clearly signing a, uh, long-term deal with, um, uh, with, uh, Apple TV plus. So that's a, that's a huge acquisition for Apple because he's a very creative, uh, mind and, and, and a lot of his work, um, stands up to time you yeah. know um and uh so if they're in the realm of producing that type of content they, yeah. they're, they're not doing a bad job how the tides have shifted right like yeah. you know 10 years ago were movie producers getting big like contracts with with studios yeah and, i feel like this is like free agency and yeah, fucking and this, the nfl if you're yeah. a tv producer and you produce some really big content right? yeah like you're out here with an agent like yeah. hey you're like yo i need and deal I, I need a, i need lebron type contracts i need you're, i need guaranteed money you're a movie producer and you've got the same agent as kevin durant right it's like you know things have changed a yeah, little bit so yeah, shout out to yeah. alfonso curan uh, I think this is a, a great acquisition for um, Apple TV. I mean, at the end, end of the day, you have to partner with great creators who are producing good content. Uh, and someone like Alfonso Curon can also, he can be a great advisor internally as well. It's so like what type of content you acquire. Um, and I'm, I'm sure they're going to want to use him in different capacities other than to just produce content. Uh, you want someone like that in an advisory role as well, being, this being a new service. Um, so... I mean, uh, who are some of the other producers uh, this year that have gotten contracts? You, we've got uh, Ava DuVernay, who... Was that this year or is it last year? Uh, I mean, in the past year or two, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, did she sign with Netflix? Yeah, she's, she's, she signed with Netflix. Um, the uh, Who's the gentleman? He's a... Uh, I forget his name. I think he signed Very with... Very wide. wide uh, <laughs> I think he signed with like uh, NBC or something like that. Signed with NBC. Or maybe it was, or maybe it was HBO. 
fuck, his name is not coming to me right now. Okay. Yeah. Damn, I would sound really smart if I was able to remember his name. Yeah, I want you and, to. I'm pulling and, for you. And which uh, uh, service he signed with. I don't remember, so uh, I dropped the <laughs> ball was, on this one. That was not fruitful, yeah. But several uh, like big-time film producers in 2018, uh, 2019, have gotten uh, contracts with these uh, streaming services or media Well, yeah, like, uh, like for instance, uh, yeah, I think, I think it was last year that uh, Netflix signed uh, Shonda Rhimes. Yes. Uh, uh, to, to, a, to a pretty lucrative deal. Um, yeah, and, and I, I think that, that that's going to be the wave of the future, right? Like, it's going to be uh, getting not just the talent in terms of the actors. Act, I think that uh, the talent, like, uh, is going to go wherever, whatever project, right? They're going to follow the people, yeah. right, that, that are creating the projects. They're not just going to follow the projects, meaning that, oh, my God, that sounds like a good role. No, they're going to look at who's producing that yeah. com- uh, content, who's and creating it. if you're it. Netflix or if you're Hulu or HBO or Apple TV and you have the producers of the content, right, then you're going to be able to pull yeah, it, the, it's, the it's best like, type of talent. It's like college football and head coaches, right? Like, if you're thinking about what school you're doing, and then Nick Saban calls, you're going to yeah. be like, I'm going to that school. I'm going to yeah. Alabama. You know? Exactly. Um, yeah. So, anyway. So, so yeah. Shout out to, uh, to Apple making some fucking big waves uh, in the game. And All right. It's going to be hard not to get Apple TV, bro. Like. I still don't think I'm sold. I think I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll see that on some illegal services. And uh, whatever illegal look websites Look where we are right exist. now. Look how many Apple devices are in the room. Just one. One, two, oh, three. Here, okay, I'm, I'm talking about cellular devices. Uh, yeah, there's a Mac. We've got a MacBook. We've got uh, the desktop. We've got the phone. There's three Apple devices in the room no, right now. No, this is an Apple. <laughs> they're gonna find a way to get you one way or another. Yeah, they, yeah. If, they're, um, if they're not gonna get you here, they're gonna get you there. Or they're gonna get you there. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Whatever. I, that's why they have so much fucking money, right? It's because they're everywhere. Yeah, it's they're, hard they're to, listening to very this conversation sticky. right now. Oh, I, oh, I hope so. Uh, share <laughs> this if you're listening, Apple. Please share this. Uh, okay, let, let's jump forward here. We're going to talk a little bit about Mindy Kaling, and we're going to try to maybe talk a little quicker about this than I would usually like to. But um, essentially, uh, there was an article that came out in the Hollywood Reporter that uh, was very interesting. Um, uh, she essentially says that the uh, TV Academy tried to remove her office credit, uh, producing credit. Um, and she says that this didn't happen for any other member of the production uh, team there with the office uh, and that she had to get all of the other producers who just happen to be white males to speak on her behalf uh, to like write letters or whatever, saying that, hey, she actually does this, do some shit, you know, uh, you know, here at, at, for the office. Um and the uh, TV Academy essentially responded and was like, no, no, what? No, this yeah, is just no, a procedure. Uh, we just, this is what we do. Like, this is just fuck it. you over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Like any other good company would say, you know, in, in that situation, deny, deny, deny. Yeah. Now, it's, it's very interesting because it really, it really does seem like a, basically he said, she, uh, I always want to say she said, like, it always comes out like, like, sh- like, see sh- this, like, see this, it always yeah. comes out like that, but I yeah. want to say she said, um, situation where uh one person says this another person says that and you're just like i don't know who the fuck to believe in this situation yeah. it might be a combination of both i have no idea and that's what it seems like this might be is just like my gut instincts basically saying nah they did that shit over. like like uh was it uh uh Kanan? uh that, that nigga did that shit. He did that shit. <laughs> that nigga did that shit. guilty as fuck <laughs> um I, I, my gut instinct wants to say, say that, but then also it's just like I have to pause every now and then, especially when there's no like hardcore evidence. Yeah, 
Nah, I'd be like, I don't know. I, it, it, maybe. Yeah, like, probably. Like, was it a procedural thing? Right? Like, was it? Yeah, because it sounds like it very well could have been a procedural yeah. thing. Or uh, was it intentional? Like, uh, now granted, like, what would the intention be? Like, do they just not fucking like Mindy Kaling? Or is it just like, uh, we don't think this Indian girl. But it's, but it's curious, did. obviously, that they didn't have anybody else on that particular team yeah to and so but i don't know if maybe there was some sort of complication with her producing either like you know maybe she had just filed to be a producer or mm-hmm. that was her first producing project yeah. or, or maybe there's a threshold yeah. threshold of you know how oh, uh, much that, that was actually one yeah. of the things that they did say was is that uh they the office had so many producers that they were just like yo we gotta we can't have all you people be yeah. producers on this so show. like how much how many episodes did you produce across how many seasons and maybe Maybe there was a minimum threshold that like they didn't feel as though she met but it this is one of those things where you know this 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 only female um producer right and one of the only uh you know ethnically diverse obviously mindy kaling is indian had to go and ask these other white male producers basically for like hey can you guys vouch for me like can you guys tell them that i did this thing like that i actually did work on this in order for them to uh give her the credits on the show yeah it just doesn't look good. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it really doesn't. Um, uh, I, I'd be curious to see sort of what made her, uh, what, maybe somebody just asked her a question in an interview and, and maybe that's how she uh, sort of said it. Um, but wait, what made her speak up or speak yeah, about like why Yeah, like why now? Because it's like, obviously like the, the office has been you know over for a number of years now. Yeah. So it would have been more understanding if she at the time tweeted out like oh i can't believe the academy's doing this whatever but yeah. but anyways, oh, well, I, I mean so the office is moving over to hulu or nbc where's uh, uh nbc nbc yeah uh there's got to be some money in there right <laughs> right some, some dollars are gonna be moving around dollars for these producing yeah, so credits she's like is my name on that <laughs> yeah oh, that, it's not that actually might be fucking true that there, there might be some reason let's make sure my name gets on that because yeah, when those dollars she, she are moved both around too yeah she's the actor uh she's acting on it she's a writer uh, well. she's producer. a writer yeah, yeah she's yeah. getting it all sorts she of ways all so. three of those she, checks uh, well, I, <laughs> in full um okay so uh, that was uh, that scenario. Uh, very, and I, and I just want to talk about this briefly because I'm not even sure if I fully understand exactly everything that this is uh, talking about. Um, but we had a very interesting uh, uh, story coming out of Screen Daily, um, uh, which spoke to uh, the film industry's boom uh, in the UK uh, and essentially how it pushed the UK economy the black uh and again like i I just want to talk about it super briefly because again it's details i'm still trying to sort of hammer out myself but to me that was just stunning even just reading the article um that that's even a thing right because you think about hollywood in in the context of america and you're like I mean, okay, like the, the the film and TV industry in in America is a certain percentage of uh you know uh of the pie, but it's not something that I think is going to be the deciding factor in our economy because we produce so many different fucking things here. Either either we produce so many things or we export so many things, um, or or we yeah, I guess that would lend hand to hand. But long story short, um. It's just I would never think of that even as even a remote possibility, and yet here we are. Uh, and just a little excerpt from the uh, from the article. Um, 
it says uh, the UK's booming um, film and TV sector helped rescue the country from a potential pre-Brexit uh, recession and pushed the economy into the black this summer, according to the Office of National Statistics, ONS. Um, and uh, and yeah, like all the details about it, I, I still have to kind of like, uh, you know, kind of research and, and, and go through. But uh, let, let me know what you think. So, yeah, and I did a little bit of research on this. Um, it, it was very interesting. And we, we chatted about it yesterday a bit as well. Like what contributes mostly to the to the UK economy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're not a big manufacturing hub, right? I think manufacturing could, uh, only contributes maybe like 12% of their uh, total economy. Uh, so I was doing some reading on what are the biggest contributors to their uh, economy in 2018. It was like the service goods industry, um, uh, the service industry, uh, there was, again, manufacturing was a small part of it. There was business services, banking, uh, and film industry, which, again, contributes a surprisingly hefty amount to their economy. Uh I don't know where else. Like I, I can't. I, I was looking at other economies, like large economies where film plays a big role. Like in India, that's not the same, right? In India, it's like a lot of banking, a lot of tech, um, a lot of uh, manufacturing as well. Same thing in like Brazil. Uh, same thing in Canada. The UK was interesting. Interestingly enough, one of the only economies that I could find in like the you know the very very surface level Google search that I did, <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> where the film industry was a big uh, economic uh, intribu- uh, uh, contributor indicator. Well, I, I didn't. I really didn't see that anywhere else. Again, and I was looking at either like economies that are going through um, that have gone through significant growth over the past few years, where uh, film is a big, uh, you know, where, where production of movies and films are uh, significant in those areas: India, Brazil, uh, Canada, um, China, of course, and yeah. the UK does stand alone. Yeah, that's how yeah. the fuck does that happen? I don't know. That that means your leaders, right, in in the in the government who are supposed to be responsible for like certain sectors of the government, right? And, and uh, they're they're just really not doing their job. Because uh, manufacturing, that's that's a very small part of their economy, right? Business services, like, uh, well, I mean, however your economy works is however your economy works, right? Like, I don't necessarily see it as like, okay, they're not doing their job so much as it's like, it's a different dynamic that like, if you were to say that to me here in the US, I'd be like, there are a lot of people unemployed then. If, so, if, if that's the fucking numbers we're looking at, yeah. everybody's unemployed. Like, yeah, so when Downton Abbey you know, <laughs> finishes its final season, or like, what, what happens? Are they fucked? Well, that, that, that's what I was trying to look at. I was trying to look at like what shows. Like, yeah, like, we need we're, Top we're, Boy season two to come back right now. Where are you guys on production in that? Because we, we need three seasons Boy, in one. Do we yeah. Just do three seasons simultaneously. It's fine. <laughs> Can you imagine uh, if they were like, all right, fuck, uh, the, sea, uh, the office is coming to an end. <laughs> what are we going to do now? How are we going to create enough tax revenue? <laughs> well, but I think that's what I find. We're going to have to cancel all social aid services. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah, yeah uh, no, no health care for you guys. Um, oh, thank God. Yeah. Endgame did so well in theaters. <laughs> now that tax revenue is going to feed all of us. That would be crazy. Yeah, well, I know they're, they're really counting on this bond. They're like, oh my God. You remember, uh, oh, remember Old Gill? From uh, from the Simpsons, who's like the salesman? He's like, oh man, oh, oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that that's pr- pretty much them hoping that fucking No Time to Die does well. They're like, oh, uh, come on, one time for Old Gill. <laughs> and who's um and and who's the Daniel Craig? He is British, right? 
is he or is he all he's not australian right i don't think he's australian though he might be british i don't know i i don't i don't quite remember and he has enough of a distinct accent or oh, accent that seems like it could fit under any category <laughs> let's say he's british for the sake of the story sure, sure, he, they probably he's probably met with like the prime minister is like hey uh how's the movie going uh, yeah. <laughs> what, what do you think All right. give us updates live tweet us can i make any promises <laughs> right, is this movie gonna do well because we really need you to to bring this home for us daniel he's yeah. like uh, 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 i hope uh, it does well. <laughs> it's a lot of uh, and they're like all right well, we're gonna we're gonna bank everything on this film um so yeah it, like it immediately jumps to that like yeah yeah we're gonna bank everything on this everything <laughs> we're, we're betting the house we're betting the house we're on black. all in on this daniel yeah uh but so anyways uh that's the story to watch uh, and to uh to do a little deeper uh, analysis on uh but what, what does that bring us to my friend uh that brings us to uh this thing that i want to talk about after i actually pull this up uh, <laughs> uh let, let's talk super quick about uh jennifer aniston real quick she uh she she was in the headlines these past week um talking about uh she essentially sort of fell into the the scorsese trap of talking about you know marvel movies and how they compare to or i guess maybe movies in general how they compare to you know things that she might like to see and so long so short she essentially says that she's longing for the days of meg ryan uh and uh and here here, here's where i want to be fair to her right i'm I'm just going to come out the gate and say i'm I'm going to because on its face i just want to say shut the fuck up right that that's because that's preposterous that you want to dump these tentpole marvel movies for fucking meg ryan romantic comedies that's that's simply preposterous um but i'm just one person with one perspective right who knows there might be a, a large base of people who are yearning for the days when meg ryan ruled the box office which is pretty much never but yeah okay <laughs> uh, um but i'm not even trying to hate on meg ryan and i'm not trying to hate on jennifer anderson here's my best interpretation of what she said my best interpretation of it isn't that she longs for it just in terms of what she can go out into theaters and see but what she can actually be a part of meaning what projects actually take off uh uh, take off the ground what can be funded and it's no short uh it's no small secret that uh the film industry is is essentially uh stratified right now right where you have um you have the big tentpole films that get an obscene amount of money and then you have the smaller films that like basically don't get any money you know like the film we're going to be talking about here soon i want to shock you when i tell you the budget for the film uh the the film we're going to do press play on um there's nothing in between though really anymore you know and i think that that's my best interpretation of what she's saying is that uh you know i don't think she's just saying that oh the success purely off of maybe critical acclaim or whatever the case is that oh my god i just want to be snooty and think that uh you know i want to see uh these movies get heralded more than you know i want to see everybody see these movies in comparison to comic book movies but i think that she's saying we can't even make the movies that we want to make anymore because these other movies are siphoning the money from you know would-be investors yeah now uh, so i'm looking at Meg Ryan's um, filmography, uh, right? The, the body of work that she's done. She's definitely, there was a period of time in like the late 80s uh, throughout the 90s where she was definitely one of the bigger actresses in Hollywood, right? We've got You've Got Mail, When Harry Met Sally, Sleepless in Seattle, City of Angels. Um, and, and yes, 
Jennifer Anderson, her point may have been that uh, there was a point in time in which, you know, comedic actress, actors and actresses, uh, smaller market actors and actresses who weren't doing these, you know, $100 million movies uh, that you're seeing with Marvel uh, got the opportunity to make films because it wasn't um, as much about the budgets then. It was more so about, like, the quality of the film, so on and so on. Mm-hmm. Um to use Meg Ryan as an example, I think that's what throws her messes off a little bit. It's kind of sure. like, uh, but, why, but, why uh, Meg Ryan? It's but fucking sure. Jennifer Aniston. I mean, yeah. like, who, and like, what do you think she's going to use, like, fucking, yeah. like, of course, she's going to use Meg Ryan because that's essentially who was sort of popular around the time where Jennifer Aniston, you know, was uh, starting to pop off, you know, uh, just when, uh, and the panel fell from behind you, uh, our, our, uh, our studio is literally falling apart. Um, uh, but, uh, of course, because that's like her counterpart, right? Like, that's the person she's looking to, right? Yeah. To be like, oh my God. Still, like, still a weird pull. Still a weird pull. <laughs> I'm like, but, um, yeah, it is strange. <laughs> very, very weird. Sure, it's, it's striking, right? Someone had, someone had had to have text Meg Ryan like, hey, did you hear what Jennifer Aniston said? Meg Ryan was like, Fuck. Why? Why? What a, why pull uh, me into let this? Let me pull out my MacBook Air. <laughs> my 2010. I don't know why she has she, a 2010 She hasn't MacBook done a Air. big movie in a while. She doesn't have the pro. Uh, so she pulls out her MacBook Air. She does a little Googling. She, Meg Ryan probably uses Bing. Right, so she jumps on Bing. No, but this is what I want I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to. I don't want to start fucking slap boxing. Um, no, Meg, Meg Ryan, Ryan here. You um, are no, no. She's she's a great actress. She has a really solid body of work. I mean, like I said, Sleepless in Seattle. You've got mail. The classics, um, yeah, 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 classics. classics. But also, uh, I, I I see, I, and I and again, like this is sort of how I feel about Scorsese's. Is like I, I see sort of maybe the heart of what you're trying to say, but how you're trying to say it is wild like yeah. uh, that is just not the way you say that thing yeah. if i'm to understand the heart of what you're trying here's, to say here's here's what happened or what should have happened the woman who was at the james harden westbrook interview oh, she should have definitely should have been here with Mac, uh, uh, with yeah, jennifer we, aniston we are not just, taking, we're not taking any yeah. <laughs> uh, marvel questions we're only talking about this yeah. film yeah yeah uh yeah she i think need, she she needs to she needs to start diversifying her uh, she only works with the nba i think that's a disadvantage oh, yeah. She, yeah, yeah. She, she should needs, work i mean and buy with uh, everybody she needs to i mean fucking tomorrow she yeah. needs to uh, open up her own PR agency. Yeah. Who's her agent? Yeah, yeah. she needs to. She yeah. needs to. She, she needs to that. LLC. Yeah. Um, her first clients really should be like Scorsese, Antonio oh, yeah, yeah. Brown, and Jennifer Aniston. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Antonio Brown. Um, uh, yeah. She should have been here to save Jennifer Aniston because Jennifer Aniston. It's it's kind of like just shut the fuck up, right? I, but but I don't I don't think she needed I, to be saved so much as like I just think that it's she's misspeaking for no yeah. good reason. It's e- oh, okay. Let's say she doesn't need to be saved, right? It's kind of like if you're gonna if you're gonna make a comment about it, at least comment, uh, at least make your comments worthwhile and per- or, or more curated, and other than like I'm yearning for the days of yeah. Meg Ryan. And, and it's, it's like, like, what the well, fuck what? does that mean? If you're gonna say something, say something that's meaningful, yeah. right? Uh, it, it, what the, no, that for the days of Meg, Meg Ryan. What does that, that mean? Yeah. And then what is your actual stance? Like, do yeah. you agree? Do you like these Marvel films? Like Scorsese made a, a very clear statement, right? We know what Scorsese meant by what he said. This, I really don't know what she means. It just sounds like she doesn't know. Yeah. Fair enough. So I'm going to stay on the fence. Yeah. All right. Uh, so let's talk about this last thing before we, uh, we, we, we get to our press play here. Uh, all right. So uh, there was an article that came on uh, uh, time uh, by, uh, uh, Beandria, I believe that's how you pronounce it, her name. Um, 
and I'm definitely going to get all of that completely wrong because I did not have the thing pulled up in front of me. But uh, anyways, uh, this article comes out in time. Um, it essentially has the headline, um, uh, Joker, Black Women Visible, um, or Black Women Seen But Not Visible, or I mean, let me restate that in joker black women are visible but they are not seen um and as soon as i read that headline i was like ah fuck fuck here we go here we go with the bullshit yeah here we go um but then i read the article and i was like i completely do not agree with your point of view but it's a more sensible point of view than i was expecting from your headline because from your headline i was just like oh no, like that's if 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 that's the conclusion that you come with from that film, you like you were looking at the film through a very specific lens. Like, yeah, it's like you were looking for that thing. Yeah, right. Confirmation bias is I believe yeah. what they call that. Um, but anyways, uh, did you did you have a chance to, uh, have a chance to take a look at the, yeah. the article? Okay. So um, I see why I can understand why someone uh, why this uh, I forget the journalist's name the writer's name would take this position uh, and, and, and ultimately write and publish this article yeah right? I, I believe her name is Beandria July I think what threw me off is I saw July and I thought perhaps like that was some date relating to like when the article when was the article made, was written but it wasn't so, it was clearly um, in October I see why Beandria would uh, you know pull that pull you know this particular thing from that movie and, and and take to writing this article because um she's not entirely incorrect in it. I, I think her analysis is it's a good analysis it's just her reasoning was applied to it, it i feel like this was not like a objective article right no it, i i think it i don't think it's trying to be an objective article. what, what is it called it's uh there's deductive reasoning and mm-hmm. then there's uh where you take from and then what what's it called when you put into right when you take your reasoning you apply it to something i wish i was smarter fuck (laughs) yeah damn not as smart as i thought i was anyway it's the opposite of deductive reasoning yeah so where again she was looking for this thing she was looking deductive is reductive i don't know i just it sounds right inductive inductive whatever let's go with that Um, (laughs) (laughs) so again i don't completely disagree with this article but um I, i i at least i appreciate her perspective right but i don't agree with it in that i think the black women uh in this film that being zazie beats as well as april grace who plays uh um the arkham therapist i think they play significant roles in this movie right um the movie wasn't necessarily about those characters but the therapist uh in this film i think played a very important role um had great screen time good lines um and that character was purposeful right zazie beats character uh, in this film who played like uh, the joker's love interest uh, her name is sophie uh Dumman. very important character in the film someone who had a lot of screen time someone who also played um i'm not gonna say a significant role in who he was but uh someone who a, a dynamic that explained a lot about his character and who he was. Yeah. Um, they were both seen and heard in this film. The only thing I didn't like about what happened with their characters is how their stories ended. But I think that that's what she's trying to postulate in this uh, this particular article is, is that that's her sort of main gripe is, is that these black women are, uh, for one, when it comes to their voices, uh, they're the only ones in the film that essentially sh- sympathize with 
the Joker. And yet the Joker essentially, you know, obviously we'll, we'll talk here in a sec about Zazie B's uh, character. Uh, uh, he essentially kills them both we we assume um or we're left to assume but we never actually see their deaths which is sort of like it's kind of like a slap in the face right to to black women in terms of like it's a thing in uh in our actual society of oh they don't matter we're not even going to show their deaths because they don't actually matter in this case i think i mean if i'm to to try to summarize what she's saying i feel like that's what she's trying to say um maybe i have that interpretation wrong who knows but that's what i pulled from from the article the thing about that is, is I think that that's completely subjective. I think that's completely up to you in terms of what y- you want to take from it. I think that's an interesting point of view. And I'm obviously I'm, I'm black, but I'm not a woman. So that's, yeah. you know, I can't necessarily say mine is, oh, I'm, I definitely am, you know, the foregone expert on this. But when I looked at the film, um, they played very specific roles and those and everybody in the film played roles in support of the joker yeah in support of joaquin phoenix's uh joker um and to me zazie beats character played such an integral role in terms of getting us to sort of buy into this idea of arthur fleck but but even even more than all of that we're seeing the film from his perspective yeah right so if we're seeing the film from his perspective he doesn't want to see himself as a villain or a bad guy because that's not really how he sees himself. I don't know of any villain or bad guy that sees themselves like as the villain so much as they see themselves as the heroes of their own stories yeah. that we interpret them as, as the audience. We look at them as like, Oh, the shit that you're doing is batshit crazy. You're doing something evil, whatever. They don't see it that way. In fact, that's oftentimes what it is, is that they feel justified for whatever fucking reason. My dad didn't love me enough. I wasn't hugged enough as a kid. Uh, somebody slapped an ice cream cone on my hand. So therefore I killed 18 people. Like, you, you, like it's, it may be insane to us, but to them, it's justified. So if he did, let's just say for argument's sake, kill Zazie Beats' character, which we don't, did we never get a confirmation one or another if he did or didn't? Um, he doesn't, he himself doesn't want to believe he just did that out of the blue, which that would have been exactly what that would have been, is that would have just been a random kill, right? Yeah, because but he... Throughout the movie, he kills people who've slighted him in some way. And right? even if as in as minute as it might have been, he feels like they've wronged him in some way. Yeah. And throughout this movie, I, I, obviously their relationship is something he created in his mind, right? Um, in no way did she actually truly slight him. I think he just came to the realization at a certain point that their relationship wasn't real. Uh, at the, in the moment that he was in her apartment, he knew that their relationship wasn't real. Um he just went to her for some sort of comfort. And yeah. even in that moment when she walks out of her uh, child's bedroom, she's, she's not even mean then she's not even, she's not being mean. She's being very understanding. She's yeah. just clearly trying to protect her daughter. And I don't think that was his MO in this movie to kill her. Right. So I don't think that uh, her character, uh, you know, this black woman, in this film, her, I don't think she was being slighted in any way or her story wasn't being fully told. I just think that, if we're looking, if we're truly looking at this movie from his perspective, her storyline was what it was, and then when her storyline ended, is because he, his character evolved, and, and a different storyline 
was being told, right? Or, when, or that his his character started to mesh with reality, right? Like his the insanity of him started to catch up with reality and we start to see oh no this dude's fucking crazy like yeah. you know that, that that those two worlds up until that specific point had been kind of separated right? yeah. you, now he had some crazy starting... parts he had some sane parts crazy yeah. parts sane parts um where we're trying to rationalize with them but also he's insane yeah at that moment it's like the two They're worlds converging. collide yeah and now we get somebody who's fully unhinged yeah. you know but um, at the same time he's not uh i think the joker's character is a, a criminal mastermind right uh he's not like a mindless murderer and killer right so oh, yeah. <laughs> for the most part um there would be no reason for him to kill her character now but then we get to the therapist at the end now but the therapist though um Again, throughout the movie, he only kills people who have slighted him in some way. I think when the when they had their final session, and the therapist basically, uh, when he says to his therapist, "Is like you don't care about me, like you don't listen to me. You come here," he says, "You don't actually listen to me." I think he says that at a different point in the film. I don't think he. I don't think he says it at that specific time. I think it, it was when it was when he. Maybe I've got the wrong. No, it was when they were having their fight. When she told him that um, their funding was pulled and uh, this is going to be their last session, and and he's just like. Oh, but but that like that that's different from the therapist that I think he kills at the end. I think they're two different people. I don't think they're the same person. It was it was the same woman, right? Was it? I don't I don't I don't, maybe I'm making that up too. But uh, but at the at the very end when it looks like he does kill her, I don't think like uh, they just have the conversation of. Uh, um, he starts he starts saying like a you know, like m- m- murmuring something and i think she's like oh what, what are you saying and he's like oh it's a joke but you wouldn't get it ah uh, you know what yes they are completely different black women <laughs> yikes sharon Look washington sharon washington you, was a social worker who he sat with who was tell, told him that like their funding was being pulled yeah. and the therapist at the arkham asylum was april grace yeah um, um uh, sorry i scrolled right past you got the other uh, sharon washington on imdb that's how i miss her yeah but uh, I, I could understand. I could see why he had developed that like dislike for no at that people point in those positions. Again, at that, at that point, I think he's completely unhinged, and I think he's just he's just insane at that point. Um, but th- speaking more to the reason why we don't see her death on screen again, it's because we're still trying to tote that very thin line of okay, is he a complete psychopathic killer, or is should we have some sort of sympathy for him? Should we think that he's understandable, right? And I think that the only way you tote that line is to not really show. That. And then, and this is my biggest point through throughout this article. The reason why I think that it doesn't take it's from a very narrow point of view is because let's grant her essentially i think what her wish is is that while everybody else got you know uh, a sort of the proper scene in terms of showing their death yeah let's say we get what she wants and we get zazie beats his character getting choked out or killed the therapist we see him knife her up or whatever the case is could you imagine what those fucking headlines would have been if yeah. you depict those beautiful black women being murdered by this <laughs> white psychopathic guy yeah are you fucking kidding me and i mean what would the value of that have been like to, to the film it wouldn't no, and, and, and then look i have two separate arguments is, is that for one narratively 
It wouldn't have. It would. It would not have served. The it may film. have painted him as more of like a, a, of a psycho, but more of a killer exactly and murderer. You, that's not your goal. With the, and again, this film is being told from his point of view. Yeah. So that's not really your goal. Is just to uh, paint this guy as just this psychopathic. He's just because doing in his shit. mind, he's he's his, not these kills and murders are justified. These exactly. are people who deserve to die. Exactly. Did, did Zazie Beetz character deserve to die? Not really. It's probably why they didn't show it. it it's, it's like when he killed the, the, the three dudes on the other train, right? Yeah. Like uh, when he he basically said. I'm tired of pretending like I should feel bad about this. I don't. Yeah. Not at all. And it's because he feels justified for it that he doesn't, he felt like they were bad guys and so he killed them. Fuck. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So, narratively, it doesn't do any justice to this story to, to show that that sc- uh, death on screen. But then, even just, it, it, I can see Todd Phillips being the director like, yeah, we can't show this shit. Like, that, that's wild. Like, <laughs> uh, I'm let's not stay away that. from Are you fucking crazy? This single mother <laughs> just murdering murdered, this yeah. black <laughs> single mother yeah. by this white psychopathic dude no sir we're, we're <laughs> as, gonna stay away from that look as uh obviously you know you, you know chris agason as chris's mom would say no sir <laughs> uh so uh, shout out to mrs agason yeah but again uh, I, I think for the film's sake it, it in telling the story from his perspective it doesn't make sense to tell those particular endings for those characters right the the social worker uh, as well yeah. as Zazie B's character it doesn't if he's truly the hero of his own story showing that and then showing that he's actually the villain it doesn't really make sense if the story is being told from his perspective yeah. so uh I would have loved to have known what happened with Zazie Beetz's character specifically. I, I'm good with not knowing, but I understand yeah. why it wasn't right, and I'm, yeah. I'm fine with that. I don't need I don't need them to retell that story or in in a future film. Yeah, um, maybe they do. What is she? Maybe, doing? maybe, maybe she shows up uh, in, in some sort of other Batman property or something like that. As uh, that be or maybe they do some sort of uh, they give some sort of Easter egg uh, to to her. Yeah. Um, so who knows? Um, okay. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, it is that fucking time again. Uh, we have arrived. Another one. Another one. Special cloth alert. Special I just stole alert. that. Yeah, was like, why not? Fuck it. Yeah, it's not yeah, his fucking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do it. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we arrived at uh, yet another um, uh, fantastic press play. Uh, this time we are doing. Um, our, our press play on the very uh, 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 anticipated, I guess uh, we, we want to say, um, uh, follow up to the ending of the Breaking Bad series, the series yeah. that took the nation by storm. Uh, everybody for five seasons were sitting on the edge of the seat. What's going to happen to a one Walter White? What's going to happen to a Jesse Pinkman? Uh, and uh, El Camino sort of gives us the answer. Yeah, I would say this is a highly anticipated project. It started off as rumors before, and then it was confirmed. It was in production, and uh, now it has since been released. I've had a chance to watch it. You've had a chance to watch it. I have opinions. I have opinions, too. Uh, all right, so let's uh, l- let's dive into it here. Uh, but like with all press plays, uh, we're going to sort of dissect it uh, and not just give you the random, you know, thought that uh, that I think other reviewers are going to do. We're going to go section by section. Uh, but first, let's start with the synopsis of the film. Uh, very brief. Uh, after escaping Jack uh, and his gang, Jesse Pinkman. Um, 
hold on one second let me let this shit load uh jesse pink uh pinkman um goes on the run from the police and tries to escape uh his own inner tor- uh, turmoil um and this uh this was of course uh directed and written by uh vince gilligan uh the the creator of uh the breaking bad series um so he returns to form by um uh, uh by producing this uh this this uh this film for netflix so again uh this film really does i'm just going to talk about the plot here for a second right yeah. um this film picks up exactly where the show left off jesse pinkman um with the help of walter white has escaped uh his captivity yeah this is the ending of the breaking bad series uh that, that you're, you're, you're correct yep. ending of the breaking bad series uh walter white has essentially came to jesse pinkman's rescue um you know he uh, had the car with the m16 gun in the back on a, a remote trigger um he killed jack and his gang uh saving Jesse Pinkman in the process. Walter White was hit with a bullet and he died at the end of uh, the end of the Breaking Bad series. Jesse Pinkman is then able to escape. Movie picks up there. Jesse uh, jumps in the El Camino. He's di- driving down the dirt road, uh, you know, trying to both uh, escape from, again, his captivity and the police that are on their way to the to the event of this, this crime or this murder. Um, he makes it past the police, makes his way back to Skinny Pete's house, right? Yeah. Um, and then from there, he kind of like starts to put everything back together, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he, you know, finds himself in a way and and now he's on this path of trying to figure out am i staying or am i gonna leave if i'm gonna leave this uh you know new mexico right Mm -hmm. i'm gonna need help i'm gonna need money and then he starts to put all of these things together to like make his exit right make his great escape i i I expected something different from this plot Mm. right yeah i was hoping for something different i was Mm. hoping to see his his character become something bigger oh you thought he was going to get back in the game i thought either he was going to get back in the game he was going to he was going to take control of, of yeah, this isn't uh this isn't uh power yeah know? i was hoping he was going to take control of his destiny in a way other than to just run to escape from it right um i didn't see that from this film mm. i think this plot could have went in so many different ways than the the, the way it went now, to me this movie was just about just running right it it was just i gotta leave i gotta find a way to get out of here i gotta gotta create a new identity create a new life for myself um i gotta do a few things along the way to get to it but it's just him continuing to run yeah uh i think i looked at this film uh uh two different ways i looked at it at first as just a film right and when i did that sorely disappointed with it i'm yeah. very disappointed um because uh it was a very very simplistic plot very simplistic picks up pretty much right at the end of breaking bad yep. um with um pinkman uh in the el camino uh, and escaping from the you know wherever they were keeping him um and uh it tracks him basically from there and on and across like two or three days yeah and- like real time right yeah um when I looked at it, just like I said, I, just like a, a movie on its own, 
I was like, uh, this is not interesting even remotely. Like, uh, it, it is somewhat because it's like, okay, we're seeing familiar characters. We're getting a little more insight into some of the situations, the scenarios that were happening. And we get final, like, answers. Like, everybody, you know, there's, like, the theory that Walter White was still alive uh, at the end of Breaking Bad, that he had still survived the, the gunshot. Clearly, he didn't. Yeah, he <laughs> um, was dead. Yeah, he was definitely dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and so we get some pretty specific things. When I looked at it a different way, I was like, no, I'm pretty good with that. I looked at it as simply an, the, uh, an elongated episode of Breaking Bad. The episode that we should have gotten an addition, you know, to what we got there at the end uh, with Walter White, uh, you know, obviously uh, seemingly uh, dying and then Pinkman escaping. Um, it, here's my own my problem with it. The film should have been made years ago and and the reason why i say that guess how much the budget for this film was seven million close six million six okay stunning why the fuck did it take so long to make this shit yeah. the money <laughs> I don't was understand. there the money was six, definitely there can't come up with six million dollars like <laughs> like i could come up with six million dollars yeah. um but jesus christ you fucking created breaking bad you can't pull some strings you can't talk to some people to come up with six million dollars to, to have shoot done this? this two years ago yeah because it would have been so much more more welcomed years ago than today. Like the Breaking Bad ended what 2013 was when Breaking Bad ended. Yes, yeah, 13, 14 at the latest. At the latest, I think in, in 14, but definitely somewhere around there, right? Um, you could have waited a year and come out uh, came out with this movie, and I'm sure he had the story. And I guess everybody's schedule needs to line up, and you know, but also everybody, you know, you didn't, right? They weren't all in scenes together. It's not like you had a fucking family brunch and, yeah. you know, everybody's there. It's like, no, Jesse, just get Aaron Paul shooting individual scenes with everybody else. Anyways, before I get to digress on that, I would have way more appreciated this film a few years ago than I did right now. Right now, I'm looking for something something to spark yeah. back up this Breaking Bad fucking world, right? I, I'm looking for him to get mixed up again, you know, and, and start cooking that meth, you know, and how he gets in. But this was just about him, just like you were saying, escaping that, which on its own isn't terribly interesting in the context of Breaking Bad and, and relating it back to the story and watching the end of Breaking Bad and then seeing this. It really welcomed yeah but just on its own it's just like eh? no and that's a cool. great perspective uh, like you said as a movie underwhelming is is the the word that i would use to describe this this movie right if this were uh you know if you look at it for as an episode perspective a continuation of um then it's you know, really palatable or like the true final episode yeah. right closing the loops right yeah. you know crossing the t's dotting the i's answering the the questions everybody had what happened to walter white what happened to jesse pinkman right this film answered those two questions um but again it was just in an underwhelming fashion yeah yeah and the the last couple of things that i'll add about the plot is i did love the return to form in terms of I forgot how pressurized Breaking Bad was. There were so many scenarios in Breaking Bad that were just these scenarios. Holy shit, how's Walter going to get out of this? What is Walter going to do about this? What is he going to do about that? How is Jesse going to get out of this? Like so many fucking episodes and scenes where it's just like, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen here. It, it was a scene with the, uh, when the quote unquote, FBI agents or whatever they were supposed to be police uh, however they were supposed to be uh, whatever they were supposed to be um, showed up and they're like oh yeah we've got people downstairs and I'm like fuck 
how's Jesse gonna get out of here? Like, yeah. how's he gonna make this fucking work? And then in that moment, I remembered, oh shit, that's all fucking that happened so many fucking times in Breaking Bad, where you're just like, I don't know how the fuck you're gonna get out of this situation, you know? And I and, I, and for a second, I remembered why I fucking loved Breaking Bad because you get so many of those anxious, pressurized moments of we don't know what the fuck's gonna happen. How do they get out of this scenario? Yeah. Um, that going back to that particular scene it, it it reminded me of why like you develop like a love hate for Jesse Pinkman throughout the series cause yeah. like cuz he he gives up the gun and you're just like you fuck yeah, yeah. he's yeah, just he's so he like despite the fact that he is in the drug business a very very dangerous line of work yeah. he still manages to be so stupid at times <laughs> right yeah. and that scene when the, all they all they say is oh we've got guys outside and he just gives up the gun it's like yeah. you know as soon as they said, I knew that wasn't true. Yeah. I knew that there was something off about these two guys, right? They're, because why would everybody else be down? Why wouldn't the place be flooded? Exactly. With, with for, uh, you know, people, crime, just people taking pictures of the crime scene. Yeah. Other, it, why just two just FBI agents, Jesse. right? Yeah. Just think a little, think it through just a little bit more. But instead he's like, all right, nope, here's a gun. Yeah. Right. Uh, it, it was, this whole movie was too easy. Right, uh, I, I don't. I didn't look at his, it as too his, easy. His path just seemed, for me, very easy. I, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I didn't look at it as easy so much as uneventful. Like meaning, like it wasn't that. Like it was just so. Like it just nothing really. Like he was never really posed with any no like, real obstacles. Real obstacles, which he handled the obstacles that he was given very finely. Uh, and and there were moments like that of like tension of like holy fuck like how is he going to get out of this shit or like what's going to happen like when the cop shows up to uh, you know and we're going to talk about um, Robert um, uh, Forster. uh, Forster's uh, uh, role as well. Uh, but when the cop shows up and I'm like, Oh fuck, like, how's he going to like make this work? But that really wasn't an obstacle. Like it, it was kind of a pressurized moment. Yeah. Um, I would stop short of saying that it was easy so much as he just wasn't presented with any like obstacle. Like I can understand like if he was presented with this like really complicated, like uh, uh problem. And then he had like, it was a very easy way how he like solves you. Like, well, fuck like that. It wasn't very hard, but he just was never presented with anything that hard. So yeah, I mean, yeah. like, he escapes he goes to skinny pete's house right yeah. um and skinny pete for whatever reason is like a fucking mastermind now and is like no we do this we do that and yeah like, what the fuck yeah like and then him and and uh badger they just had eight thousand dollars on them yeah no, that, <laughs> All well, that. no no so i think at the end of the series of breaking bad they they end up getting out of the game because they get some like they get a cut and i think skinny he gave pete and, skinny, uh, yeah i think they yeah. get a cut so but i think to they, just have both of that no I'm, I'm saying they got stacks yeah like you know and so i think that they were going based off of that remembrance of like oh at this particular time they're just and then they're just too okay true uh yeah. they may have just but again we just got eight thousand dollars on us cash to give you right now yeah it just seemed a little bit easy right yeah, yeah. uh what I would have liked to have seen in his escape right was uh Jesse Pinkman you know go through uh you know putting himself back together for like a day or two, right? Go through those struggles of, hey, I was, you know, fucking living in a cage for months or weeks or however long it was. Yeah. Uh, I've escaped that. I might need a day or two to put myself back together. But all he needed apparently was a shower and a shave, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah he's <laughs> right then, back to bitch. And then back in, and he's yeah. back in it. Um, yeah. I, again, I thought that to me was a bit of ease, right? Yeah. Um, going to the house, uh, that apartment, uh, 
getting the money, making the deal with a fake FBI agents to come up with, you know, one third his cut, you know, going and finding the, uh, the, the laundry, not the laundry mat store, the, uh, the uh, what was it? The, va- the vacuum store, yeah, right? Yeah. The antique vacuum store. All of it just seemed to happen fairly easily. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There we go. Underwhelming. Yeah. But let's uh, let's jump into the characters really quickly. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the the casting uh, by credit on this film was Sharon Bay uh, Bialy, I believe her, her last name is, and uh, Sherry Thomas. Um, uh, as always, I'll go with my runner up, then my MVP. Uh, my runner up is uh, uh, you know. Uh, you know, and obviously we had the the the, the race at news that he passed away this um, this uh, this past week. Um, but uh, but uh, you know, I'll definitely have to give a shout out to Robert uh, Forster, um, who returns as. And if I if my fucking IMDb was actually working here, I'd be able to tell you this uh, his character specific name, um, Ed. Uh, he returns as Ed, um, and. Um, he did. He did a fantastic job. I thought it was very subtle. I thought it was, and it, 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 like it reminded me of his performance when I when I did because I I completely forgot about that. Like I, I I didn't go back and watch Breaking Bad before I watched this because that's a a lot of time dedicated. I, yeah. yeah, I didn't have that much time on my hands. Yeah, yeah. They, they should have promoed this months a ago. A bit sooner. Yeah. yeah. Or no, a bit. Yeah. Did you say a bit sooner? Sooner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you mean sooner, as in like. Like well before the f- the film came yeah, out. Yeah, start you know, maybe like thirty day countdown or something like that, right? No, I, I think they did. They 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 promoted this. Uh, it was like a month or two ago. Well, we I would have I would have liked it something like a year ago, so that like I can have time to watch the series again. Well, I mean the series the last se- season was maybe what like eight or nine episodes or something like that. I think that's all of them. That's yeah. they're they all like ten episodes. Yeah. But the thing is, is that they're a solid hour. Yeah, yeah I think that's 30, uh, 60 days, or maybe three months in advance, like a countdown on Netflix or something yeah, like yeah. that. And and what Netflix should have done was say, hey, El Camino's coming. Um, here's a 90 day countdown or something like that. Go back and watch the last or they should have, like, what like I would have done was, like, do, like, episode by episode reviews. Like, if I was Netflix, do, like, maybe one or two minute reviews on each episode mm-hmm. so that if I don't want to actually go back and watch the entire thing, I can at least check out these reviews. Yeah, like, I would definitely watch that. Yeah. Definitely uh, watch that. Um, yeah. So that, uh, you're welcome, Netflix, next time you guys have an idea like yeah. this. Give uh, us a call. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll come in. Yeah. We'll do a little bit of consultation. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a fee attached to that. Yeah, of but, course um, there would. Yeah, why not? Uh, we'll talk numbers another time yeah yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah um, you have our email <laughs> they don't have our email. um so uh anyways uh his turn as ed was very you know this very sort of like it's just matter of fact person who's just like no this is this is how it is you know and and you're gonna abide by these rules you know yeah. um and you're even left wondering is does jesse has have it right like does he is he right about this? I don't. I don't know if he is. You know, yeah. um, this is after Ed calls the police, right? Uh, no, no, no. Like even before, like when when Jesse sh- shows up and he's like, "Hey, you're the guy." Yeah, you know, and he's like, "I, I sell black and cleaners. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about." Um, and then he keeps that going until he actually has the money and he can count it out. And he's like, "All right, it's like you uh, owe me for the last." Yeah, yeah. it's very. It was just. It's a very good. Uh, good performance um and you know i, I don't know if it, it was his last performance uh, obviously it's the last it's the most current one that we just saw i don't know if he had anything else in the works um but it, uh, you know uh, i definitely have to tip my cat uh, hat off to him that he had a, a very a great turn 
uh, return to the role of uh, of Ed for the for the film. Um, and then, of course, my MVP. I'm giving it like a kind of a MVP with an asterisk. Uh, I'm giving it to Aaron Paul, but almost by default because he was kind of the only person in the film. Yeah. Um, um, but I'm giving him a co MVP with uh, uh, Jesse Plemons' character because I thought Jesse Plemons was fantastic in the film. He yeah. very just charismatic character and it, eerie too because he's like a psychopath that simply does not act like a like he was like the he was like it wasn't like the Joker right where the Joker was just like he was just doing wild shit and you saw it and you're just like Yo, dude you're off your fucking rocket you're doing all these fucking crazy moves and shit this dude was just making soup and he was just like but he's got a dead body sitting yeah. behind him acting super cash about it like and his uh, reasoning it for it it's like it's kind of like oh you just murdered your housekeeper but he's still also like so nice and Composure, respectable about yeah, it he's like composed. he's kind of like well you know I had to I had to kill her I to, I, you know, she found yeah. the money and she shit. started asking questions she was such a nice lady let's go bury and her and then the way he killed her too he fucking just strangled her he could yeah. did anything put the, be- the, <laughs> the, the belt around her neck and strangled what the her fuck? and then he goes and they bury her and he's like well do you, don't want, do you want to say any last words yeah. it's just like damn is this guy a psychopath or is he just <laughs> but he's definitely a psychopath yeah. that's what I'm saying uh, he's kind but, of a nice guy I guess yeah. in a way <laughs> yeah well I guess depending on your definition of nice guys but uh, but he uh, he their scenes together were fantastic i think uh they they were the highlight of this film for me yeah. uh between uh aaron paul's jesse and uh jesse plemons um uh and i forget what uh, his character's uh name was what was his character's name uh jesse paul or jesse plemons i don't I'm i just always remember fucking uncle jack what was his name though that's a good question yeah i don't know i don't know why every time i'm trying to look something up on imdb it's the it was hardest Todd. thing. Todd. Todd, there we go. yes. Uh, oh, there we go. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, uh, yeah. So so uh, their scenes were fantastic together. Um, the reason why I'm giving Aaron Paul sort of like an asterisk is because I liked, I've n- I never really, even during the series, like even when the series happened, I hate, I hated Jesse, Jesse Pinkman's character. Yeah. He, he was just so dumb and just so like, it, and it was like the whole, his old bitch thing. Bitch. Like it was just yeah. like, it was never believable to me. It was always just kind of like a gimmick that it seemed like he was playing. Like it was obviously very striking and very culturally like people like, you know, kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, either caught on to it or, or, or really appreciative of it. I was never one of those people. I never really liked it. Never really, really cared for it. Yeah. I thought it was always dumb. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I didn't love his like personality and his antics, but like I do got to give it to uh, uh, Aaron Paul here. He definitely played the shit out of that character, Jesse Pinkman, so much so to where uh, even when I see him in projects now, and, and he's actually in um, one of the films that we discussed earlier with Octavia Spencer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that uh, was a series on for, uh, for Truth Be Told. Yeah, Truth Be Told. Yeah, this, with, uh, the series Apple for TV Apple Plus. TV. Uh, even when I see him in. Uh, you know, he was in Need for Speed. When I see him in other projects, he played Jesse Pinkman so well, it's still hard for me to differentiate yeah, him, Aaron uh, Paul from Jesse Pinkman. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, and I do think he picked up right where he left off with with 
uh, Jesse Pinkman. But that, that's why I'm going to give him... personality didn't miss a beat. So, yes. I, I'm, I'm going to give him a lot of credit because he kind of plays two different Jesse Pinkmans. He was able to transfer seamlessly from old Jesse Pinkman that we knew for much of Breaking Bad to post all this trauma shit Jesse Pinkman where he's a little more muted. He, You know, he's not saying bitch all the time. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's more of the serious tone. Um, the serious Jesse, the older Jesse... I appreciate it, and I thought he did a fucking fantastic yeah. job with that. Younger Jesse, I just hate with the fire of a thousand suns. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's because you got to understand, like his captivity. Uh, yeah, changed him. Changed, yeah, 100%. changed. I, I agree with that. I just, uh, I hate old Jesse. Old Jesse I, was I hate, like annoying I and frustrating, hate. but you hated him because he was Aaron Paul no, 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 and did such a I, good I job. I hate the portrayal of him. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I get it. Like it was just like a cultural thing. Like they leaned super hard into the whole bitch thing because yeah. it's like it just caught wildfire. But to me, it always just seemed super gimmicky. It never seemed, it always took me out of whatever was going on. Cause I'm like, he's just you felt like he was, he he's was, just was acting like he's over, not, he was I, doing I, too much. Yeah. The character was not believable to me. And I always hated, it. I think he was elevated by Brian Cranston, by all of the other characters on the show. I didn't hate it so much that I couldn't watch the series because yeah. I thought everybody else was incredible. Um, but specifically his turn, as Jesse. I think first two seasons, you know, Jesse Pinkman, early Jesse was, you know, to your point, is somewhat unbelievable. Seemed like uh, this guy's just over at, overdoing it a little bit. He maybe should dial it back. Yeah. Um, the the le- the later few seasons, you know, it was very. You start to understand like, that's who this this character really is. Um, and what I did really like about this El Camino film was that you know Aaron Paul was able to pick that right up, but also sure. show the maturity in the character of having just escaped uh, captivity yeah that obviously is going to change you in a way it's going to d- uh, mute you a little bit as you said um it, it just seemed very seamless again this should have been done like two maybe even three years ago mm-hmm. as uh i mean sure let's do it as, as a as a film but that feels just like another final episode of a series yeah overall i, I just keep going back to like underwhelming e- even even though he played this character really well I wanted to see more. I wanted to see more like emotion. I wanted after again, having been in captivity for so long, I wanted to see his girlfriend. Uh, obviously she OD'd, um, uh, Christian Ritter, Christian Ritter, uh, OD'd earlier in the seasons. Like, is there a calling back to that during his captivity? They took him and basically showed, um, the execution of Brock's mom. I forget her name. Uh, so he went through a lot, right? And, just because you escape and then you take a shower is are, are you now kind of just good with everything that happened i wanted to see yeah. more of like a, an emotional struggle of like trying to figure out who you are and and where you head next but i, I think they did that a lot with uh, todd's character him and that's why i love those scenes because th- that was sort of the exploration right and i think that there are two very specific key scenes i think it's of course the the scenes that he had with uh todd uh, Jesse Plemons character but then also his brief interaction with uh, we got to see Walter White again uh, Brian yeah. Cranston right um, who I could have easily said knocked it out of the park but he had such a small part of it that it's kind of hard to like really give him any 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 true nod but uh, I, I think that that did show the struggle meaning that like you see the juxtaposition right you see uh, you, you see who he was before in that like oh i have no hope i'm just this is all i am you know 
and then you see him now where it's just like i need something else like i need to be something else i literally need to start a new life because that's not me you know Uh, and then even the conversation that he had with his parents you see the regret that he has he's like look it's not you yeah you did your best you did your best you know um and that that sort of self-reflection i think was again if this wasn't a film I would have thought tremendously different about this, you know? Um, and I guess that's the only way you can really do it. I would have just done it as a special or something like that, or, or just like not necessarily dress it up as a film. Cause I think when you do, people are going to expect a different thing. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to expect something else narrative wise. Yeah, right? a movie. Yeah. Right? This was just this an was, add on to, yeah. to the, to the, to the, to the, to the, this was an extra episode. Exactly. A bo- this was a bonus and, episode. And when I think of it again, when I think of it in that light, completely different I, I take something completely different away from it yeah but uh let, let, let's jump to uh the cinematography the uh, the cinematography before we do that yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm sorry i didn't get a chance to uh, oh, i'm sorry yeah, no yeah. no worries um because we keep dialing back to the plot right because it's kind of hard to escape that conversation uh so but just to give you minds and i'm pretty much just going to echo yours here uh, i think jesse uh plemons did a phenomenal job as todd he kind of just picked that character up he was both likable while also being a character that you you wanted so badly for Jesse to, to kill him or escape, particularly that scene in the desert. You just wanted Jesse to point yeah. that gun at his head and pull the trigger. Yeah. But Todd is also it's, it's kind of like he's he's he has a job to do, right? And he does his job, and that job requires being a very bad person, killing people. But like you're like, oh, is this, but he did, he did a lot of that. like bad I, guy. I had to think back to like the Breaking Bad series. He did a lot of shit that was just like. You don't need to do that. Yeah, like, well, there's something killed, in you that's like <laughs> he killed the kid in the yeah, desert. Come on, dude! I like, didn't need to kill that kid. Yeah, yeah. He, he killed uh, Brock's mom. You yeah. know, on the doorstep in front wasn't. Yeah, he was uh, J- uh, Jesse was in the car. Was in the car. Was yeah. Brock standing there on the porch with his mom? I don't no, think so. Or was it just her? No, I think it was just her. Yeah, that was oh, man. That was tough. That was hard yeah. to watch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Jesse Plemons does a great job, uh, and I've been saying his last name wrong, but uh, Robert Forrest. Uh, is it Forrest? I mean, Forster. No, no, it's uh, Forster. It is Forster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I think he does a phenomenal job too in this film. And um, again, doing something you love until the until the day you die. I mean, that's like how everybody wishes that they can go out, right? And this is like what I think is going to be a nice gift for his family, right? To be able to see, you know, their father, their grandfather. I'm not sure if he has children or not, but I would imagine he does. Um, performed so well in his final film like this is this is just a nice gift so um shout out to him he's definitely my mvp for this film aaron paul is jesse pinkman Uh, i think he did a uh, did a great job as well so uh overall i mean we got what we wanted right we got sort of the ending to certain characters or certain key character stories yeah um yeah let's jump to cinematography Uh, the cinematographer for the film was marshall adams and this film was edited by skip mcdonald um the two things that I take away from the, cause I, I thought that stylistically it wasn't, you know, tremendously like, you know, uh, an adventurous, uh, thing cinematography wise didn't need to be. Um, but two of the things that I, I'd sort of take away from it are uh, two specific shots of, uh, they had this sort of side tilting shot that I thought was pretty cool. Stylistically, I'm not, I'd need to watch it again to see sort of if that served the plot in any true significant way, mm-hmm. which I'd probably have to doubt, but again, I'd, I'd have to watch again and, 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 and think about it a, a bit more. Um, but what I also liked about the cinematography was the, uh, the grading, 
Um, I thought the color grade was was just great. You know, it, it kind of returns you to that Breaking Bad sort of aura. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I, I thought that that was very needed. And um, and that grading, did, did you? What I what I would say is like a kind of like a grainy, like yellowish tint. Yeah, right? and it, it reminds you of. of you know, I think they're in what out in uh, the desert, uh, uh, New Mexico. They're in New Mexico. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, yeah, it just returns you to that area, that location, and 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 things feel a bit more familiar because of that. Yeah. Um. And uh. Yeah. It was a good thing. I, outside of that, I really don't have too much to say about the cinematography. It was. It was again just didn't need to be something that blew you out of no. mind stylistically and it, it, it didn't no. um and, and you're absolutely right again i i echo that uh this stylistically did not need to do anything uh daring or adventurous yeah. um there are two shots in which i did love like the the, the perspective from which they shot it uh so aaron paul's uh, escape scene right where he's driving in the el camino he's driving down that dark road um you get the dash mounted uh camera and when you're seeing aaron paul kind of like go through those emotions of like I, I, i'm escaping i'm escaping i'm almost there i'm almost there i'm almost there and he's like in his car he's like laughing and crying at the same time um you're getting that close-up shot on his face and you're capturing like really all of that emotion that if you could imagine escaping captivity right and you're in the car and you're driving down a road and you're fucking flying and, and, and you're happy and you're scared and you're nervous and you're excited i think that particular uh, way they shot that scene did really well in capturing that emotion right mm-hmm. um and like as he's driving down the road you're kind of like you know it, 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 you get the feel of like you're in the car with him like yo we're, we're, we're doing this we're doing this we're almost there we're almost there um so that was great and then todd scene where um oh. no go ahead oh, it was gonna be when he's in the car as well uh, when Todd and Aaron are driving to bury his housekeeper, yeah, uh, the scene where Todd is singing the song in the car, yeah, and you think, oh, they're they're sitting next to each other, and yeah, yeah and, and yeah, no, finish, so that that was a great, but like the, the the particularly the scene where he's singing, right? You, it's a long continuous shot of just him singing the song, and, and he's just so he's just so casual, it. right? He yeah. really is, in his cycle. mind, in yeah. his mind he's not crazy he's done nothing wrong he's just a guy who's you know going on a nice little road trip out to the desert that road trip is to bury a body of a woman he just murdered yeah. um but he's just singing the song it's like a long continuous shot you could tell it's like a camera mounted on the hood so you get that nice angle of you're not in the car with him you're on the outside of the car kind of looking through the windshield well it was a nice little trick because you just assume that jesse's sitting next yeah. or uh yeah uh, pigman sitting next to him but then you pan and he's not there yeah, and you he's see actually he's in the in back the with, the with the dead, dead body, body. Uh, and, and that just lended to the fact that I didn't know exactly wh- which way they were going with their relationship mm-hmm. like I, I didn't know what they were exactly trying to go for um, at first but then it sort of gets revealed that he, he just kind of sees Jesse Pinkman as a pet like that's just his pet yeah you know like like even like when he they're driving to his apartment um he has him sit in the front seat but he, he has him sort of like hunched over facing the wrong way yeah with seat. his head resting and then on he's the like, seat he pets he's like, oh, he's like good job yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's like that so like that, that's just his pet and then that's accentuated when you see he's he doesn't allow him to sit next to him he's in the back with the dead body that's what you would do with a dog right you'd yeah. put the dog in the back seat you wouldn't put the dog in the front seat you know and um, when they get out to the desert like it's not like hey we're we're gonna do this together you know we're gonna yeah. dig this hole and bury this body together he's like, he's like no, no you're, you're gonna do it you're gonna do i'm it. just gonna watch yeah, yeah. um 
yeah so you you get a very strong sense of all of that um and i think yeah that that scene was one scene that i did look and i and i looked at it as juxtaposition and i guess that feeds into this whole thing of el camino right like because um, I was wondering why is this film called El Camino um, and the only thing that I could really think of that and again I, I, I need to watch it again in order to kind of have a stronger you know uh, uh, theory is that the car was both used for his complete destruction as well as his reemergence. Yeah. Um, that uh, the, the it was car, his prison and his freedom at it, the same time. Exactly right? because it was the, it was at the car where he basically he hands uh, Todd the gun, and he just sur- basically at that moment he just surrendered. He yeah. surrendered his fate. He was like, you know what, this is what, it, what it's going to be. And then the car ends up being his pathway or his literal vehicle to salvation yeah and in that car he was dehumanized right he was you know he had to kneel down and sit uh you know treated like a dog he had to climb in the back of the car with the dead body like a dog um when they were out in the desert again he surrenders to uh to plemons as you said and he hands him the gun what could have been used as his escape right but then in the end that car is what helped him escape his captivity yeah um so yeah it was an interesting Vehicle, like the, I think that car was. I mean, the movie is obviously called El Camino, so the car, the car was a. I'm not going to say a character, but an object, an important object in the film. Yeah. Um, in and of itself. Yeah. Uh, last and the but, car is also very New Mexico. Yeah, extremely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let, let's uh, let's dive into this last uh, topic of uh, soundtrack. Uh, the music was done by Dave Porter. Um, my quick note about it: I didn't have much to say about it. I, it was pretty average fare, um, with the exception that very obviously reminiscent of breaking bads just like with the cinematography it was very reminiscent of breaking bads um uh uh, opening title where they have this very distinct like i don't even know even what the fuck they call it like just like the sound it's just very distinct and very like that opening title card for um for breaking bad is very distinct and i think they they recreated it a bit with uh, some of the score of uh, uh, of the the film, uh, and then also with the the song, then I forget what song that he was singing, but it was like uh, Todd was singing in the car. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to go look it up, but it was very I, like I it's like I'm familiar with the song. In fact, it was like oh shit, I was almost singing it with them. I was like, what? The, this guy's yeah. crazy. Like, yeah. <laughs> felt very wrong. Yeah. So as you said, the score in this uh, I think it was serviceable, right? It, yeah. it wasn't a far departure from what we got from the Breaking Bad series, right? Yeah. The the tone, the, the music, the uh, it, it didn't. It wasn't meant to stand out in any particular way. It was serviceable, which I think sure. is the point here. And I think that's what a good, um, you know, that's what a good score is. It I, either. I, I think. I think scores. They people often say that, but I think uh, no. I think scores can, when done great, can accentuate the like. Just like with the Joker, right? The the, the Joker film wouldn't have been the Joker. I think had it not been for that score, yeah. it's just it elevated the film. Yeah, yeah and, but there are times in which like the score is sure. meant to, and the music is meant to elevate the film and to play uh, a very particular role. And there's you know times in which uh, it is meant to just be like a background sure. factor, right? I think Absolutely. that's 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 what it was here, yeah. except for the scene with Todd, to where I think that song and him singing the song was again meant to kind of not not necessarily confuse you, but. Yeah, it was definitely meant to confuse us. It, it was meant to like confuse your sensibilities. Yeah, give him like a human element. It's like, sure. yo, this guy is a fucking lunatic. But, He's a but, murderer. But, but in the most brilliant of ways, in that it doesn't actually give you any sort of actual 
human relatability it just gives you superficial things meaning that he's not acting like a psycho so therefore we're not thinking of him as a psycho except yeah. for his actions are psychotic, are psychotic yeah, yeah. And, and what's more interesting about the that particular song is like the subject matter of the song right yeah. it's as if he's a normal guy and he sees a girl at a bar and he's like hey I'd love to come and sit next to you. I'd love to come and talk to you and spend some time with you. We're just two normal lovebirds, right? Yeah. Uh, which is, a, again, a far departure from who he actually is. Uh, so I, I thought both that scene was done really well, how it was shot was done really well, and the music choice in that particular scene was done well. That might just be the best, one of the best scenes in the movie, uh, except for the shootout scene with Aaron Paul. and um, I think that was pretty good. That was pretty good. The, the shootout was... Uh, for me that showed the maturity or at least the growth of like Aaron Paul's character or Jesse Pinkman, right? Uh, Jesse Pinkman. Um, in that he was at that point, he was ready to risk it all. Yeah, no, uh, I don't know. Actually quite the opposite. I think he, he just, uh, that was him using his brain for like once, right? Like I, th- I think that's, again, that's post traumatic experiences. Jesse, I think he's a lot smarter now. He's thinking a little more clear now that he's not jacked up. You saw how he didn't, you know, turn down the weed. He's like, nah, I don't need that shit. Like, yeah. uh, you know, uh, uh, so I think he's thinking clearly, he know he has a plan. He's executing that plan. Um, See, I don't think he had much of a plan going oh, in. I, I, absolutely. That's well, why he had the two guns. Well, so what he didn't know, uh, well, he didn't know that how many guys were in the shop um, before he got there, right? Mm-hmm. And to just walk in, right? He didn't know how much, how many of them had guns. What if all of them had guns? No, I, that's the unknown element. But I think that he had a plan in terms of he was going to hide one gun but show the other. That's why he put it in his front, yeah. front of his pants. And, and that was, you know, that, that's like the pump fake, right? Like, yeah. you know, I'm going over here with it, but no, there's really something going on over here. Oh. I'm going to show you this gun, but I got another one in my pocket. Yeah. But again, he didn't, what if all of them had guns and all of them pulled guns on Jesse? Oh, yeah, then then you're, it you're wouldn't matter fucked. how many guns he yeah, had. Yeah, sure. So, and now mind you, he was coming in to ask for... 1,800. Someone, someone who was very much a part of his captivity, who built the rig to keep him a captive, right? Yeah. Uh, and he's coming initially not to kill the guy he was like dude i just need eighteen hundred dollars that's it then you'll never see me again I'm, I'm coming here to ask you for a favor even though you were one of the people who's part of keeping me a slave right yeah then that, that turns into a shootout but jesse was really ready to risk it all because he didn't know what he was walking into he knew he had two guns but it's that old 22 who knows if that gun even worked? Yeah, did right? I would have probably fired off a couple of shots. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he cleaned it, or he didn't take it apart and clean that it jams? and oil it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, so fucked, yeah. From, to me, he was ready to risk it all at that moment. He was like, "Dude, I'm getting this eighteen hundred dollars one way or another. Either yeah. you're going to give it to me, or we're going to have a shootout here." And even in the shootout, he just, you know, he just kept, uh, at the guy behind him, yeah. he just stood there and shot at him. He didn't run and hide and he yeah. jump behind a couch and that, that leads me to uh for, for one uh, and we can close out here but for one um that that song was called i'd really like to see you tonight by uh england dan john ford i don't know cooley coley whatever uh but it's a very catchy song from like the 70s or 80s uh i'd really like to see you tonight like it's just a really good song um but it made you feel deeply uncomfortable singing it along with jesse's character or um uh, Todd, um, the the thing to uh, you know talk about the scene that you were just talking about. Um, 
by far some of the worst aiming I've ever seen. In, Yo, fucking horrible. <laughs> in any film, uh, any depiction, like they just made them look stupid. The dudes were like standing face to face, shooting at each other, missing wildly. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was, it was so sad to watch. It was genuinely hard to watch. That that was just bad. Like I've, I don't, I don't shoot guns. I've shot gun maybe like once or twice in my life. Uh, it, even I couldn't miss that that much. <laughs> yeah, I would like to believe that if I, uh, if you're ten feet away from me and I've got. A cult. Uh, I've got a fucking Beretta, or Glock, a forty-five, whatever. Yeah, I can hit you. I can hit you somewhere. Yeah, torso, right, a leg. Because you aim something. for the largest body of mass. I can yeah. hit you in your chest from ten feet away. With yeah. these guys were fucking horrible. <laughs> they were just all over the place. It was it's wild. not like Jesse hasn't killed anybody before. It's not like he's not shot a gun before. You yeah. again? It's a twenty-two. Maybe twenty-two is not like the the. No, at that point he had the other. He had the guy's gun. Who he? Oh, who he, yeah, shot. he did have yeah, the forty-five. Yeah, so. Yeah. so yeah. Dog, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> but uh, a- anyway, I-, I did like that particular scene in the film. Um, yeah. But just to give my final thoughts on this movie, um, I-, I think you put it best in the beginning. If this had come out two years ago, it would have been better received. Um, to come to wait so long to give us what feels like a bonus episode, um, it-, it didn't really do it. The, fil- the the series justice right yeah. it's like either do it do it great and do it on time or don't do it at all yeah. right um, this film it's very late and it, it, it was not particularly exciting uh, I do enjoy the fact that I now know I what happened yeah. I, yeah. I, I appreciate the fact that I was done sure. I know what happened to uh, Jesse Pinkman I know what happened to uh, Walter White um, yeah I appreciate it but you know yeah. am I gonna ever watch this twice no you know. I, I, well, that depends. If I watch the series again, I'm definitely watching this again. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, and yeah. I'll, I'm sure I'll actually appreciate it way more because I'm sure there's a shit ton of references yeah. and things like that that I just didn't pick up on because it's been a while since I've seen the series. You know who this film is great for? Yeah, people who are watching this series now. Yeah, like no, if you're 100%. watching Breaking but Bad who's, but now, what? large number of America is just now watching. That's like saying you're just now watching Game of Thrones. It's like, yeah. bro, like you. You're you're yeah. you're in the minority. Now, <laughs> you, you know what? There are probably a lot of people actually, but you just never. T- if you just if you're still watching Game of Thrones, you, you don't tell anybody because everyone's gonna look at <laughs> yeah, you like you're a dumbass, yeah, yeah. right? But, but this is kind of like how we talked about. Uh, what, what did we talk about last week? We talked about uh, well, it was Game of Thrones, where you know you had all these sad Game of Thrones accounts that were you know are still uh, posting, still like, posting. Oh, oh, if you're still posting. Here's another fan theory. <laughs> season three of Breaking Bad. I feel like let's talk about that Starbucks <laughs> stuff again. <laughs> yeah. I know. Um, I mean, here's my final thoughts on the film uh one more last just weird tidbit um for somebody who's on the run he was sure in the streets just there a lot like at the beginning when he's just when he just escaped he's just out there like bruh you have a hoodie use it like he just simply did not try to even like he he wore a hat once during during the film and then promptly fucking just abandoned it um but this dude's walking around with a fucking hoodie the entire time and feels no need at any point in time to throw that hoodie over his head none <laughs> and, i mean and again if, if you're really trying to uh hide yourself right sure. uh, i'd have been wearing fucking wigs i'd have been wearing fucking makeup 
I'd have been like, yeah. But Skinny Pete told him in the beginning, like, you know, you might not want to shave your your and face. He just, he just like, does it anyway. Up. He's like, whatever, bitch. You know, shut up, bitch. And then he just very clearly yeah. returning back to the Jesse Pinkman whose face is all over the news. Yeah. That didn't make sense to me. Yeah, right? it was. It was like, it was like, bruh, like you might as well have just been walking around with a fucking billboard sign, like, hey. Yeah. My name's Jesse Pinkman, bitch. <laughs> and, and you know what? It kind of also didn't make sense is. I kind of wanted to see him go save Brock, the kid, right? Um, at that point, you're not really saving Brock so much as, look, I, I've already invited insanity to this kid's life. Yeah. What's best but is that. So who was with Brock, or where was Brock? No, staying, I think right? he's just an orphan now. You don't know where Brock oh, is. Yeah, he's Social just, services <laughs> take that kid. <laughs> he's in the system now, he's right? In the system. <laughs> but like, would it have been? To, to really show um, uh, you know uh, maturation I, I fucking hate that word right the, to really show the maturity of um, Jesse Pinkman knowing that he brought that level of danger to their but lives the, the right best he's thing, part of the reason why Brock's mom got killed true, and he has to deal with that guilt right and mm-hmm. that's one of the other lines that was said in the film that I think was a really great line it was just like uh, and I think and I forget the, the name of the, the guy who's the, the old guy not his name's not Saul really but uh, it's the other old guy who's, who's with him at the beginning and very you know famous actor and, and I'm just being sh- uh, you know sh- asshole for not actually just clicking one button so i could see the, uh, the jonathan screen. banks who plays Mike. jonathan banks yes yeah. uh very memorable uh, uh, uh per- personality from uh, from tv and film um but i think he says uh the line is something to akin to um you can't make up for any of it yeah like, you can't you're gonna have to just live with it yeah like, I you think know, and i think that that is it's true of things like brock right which is you can try to make up for it but there's no making up for yeah. it. So I think Pinkman says like I want to make things right, and then yeah. he's like, "That's what that's the one thing you can't you do. Can't you do. can't yes. make it right." Yes, yes, yes. Um, um, so yeah, it may, maybe going and trying to you know save Brock would have just exposed both of them to even more danger, right? Yeah. Because uh, now you've got uh, a missing child report, right? <laughs> <laughs> to add on to everything exactly. else. Yeah. yeah and, and and you're crossing international borders. Yeah, so now yeah, you've got now, now it's a federal. Crime. Now you've got two <laughs> government agencies. <laughs> coming for you so yeah. maybe the best thing he could have done was just leave which which is ultimately what he did yeah um best for them both you know yeah so yeah again i just think there was more story that could have been told maybe maybe yeah. that story didn't need to be told uh but underwhelming is is the word i keep going back to yeah I, again I and, I and i and i'll stick with what i what i said at the beginning which is uh I see it in two different lights. I see it as just a film and then I see it as just a continuation of the end of Breaking Bad. And when I look at them in there two in those two different respects, I feel differently about them. All in all, I'm glad that we got it uh although it may yeah. not have been in the exact boat that I would have wanted it in, but fuck it, uh, it's it's like a it's like a gift on Christmas, right? Like it might not be exactly what you want, but at least you got a fucking gift on Christmas, yeah. you know? Yeah, uh, that's true. That's a good way to look at yeah, it. Yeah, at least you got it. You Unlike know? Brock. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> whose mother is dead and he's in the orphanage now and uh, <laughs> he did not get a gift on christmas yo that's so fucking dark that is the perfect uh fucking thing to uh to to leave off on uh so we press play on uh el camino uh a breaking bad uh film movie whatever the fuck they call it um uh, we certainly hope you did too and and, and i want to fucking know what you thought of the fucking um a lot of fuckings in that sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do want to know what you thought about the, the 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 film. 
and uh, you know how you think it capped off Breaking Bad, but also how you felt like it just did on its own. You know, if you just enjoyed the film just as a thing unto itself. Uh, so, so drop us a comment. Uh, let us know what you what you think. And uh, with that, I think uh, we are at the end of our show, and I think we're about to get into some NFL. It's football Sunday. Rams, Sunday. 49ers. Holy shit! Uh, game prediction. I don't know. This one's going to be wild. I, I predict it will be the, just because I simply do not believe in 49ers. I think that the Rams will come. Yes. But my dislike for the fact that you like the team mm. leads me to want the. There are no winners in this game, is, is how yeah. I'll, I'll summarize that. <laughs> you know what? Uh, so every father's uh, uh, dream, you know, every father with a daughter, <laughs> that his daughter will grow up to, you know, to love the team that he loves, right? And I think sure. my daughter is. She's coming around? She's, I think she's there. Oh, 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 yeah, when you when you only explain to her, hey, there's only one team in the NFL, and that's the St. Louis Rams. Well, or her mother's a Redskins Rams. fan, right? And her mom, I think is she a Redskins her, fan. Where she her just, mom gets her like little Redskins T-shirt. Is she the Red, a Redskins fan? Like uh, you know, like my mom was a fan of uh, of any team that I was associated with when I was. She's like she was a fan, but also. She didn't really give a shit. I don't think she's driving it home to our daughter yeah, as much yeah, as I am. Very passive, very casual. Uh, but, uh, whatever. but I think my daughter has chosen her side. Right? <laughs> she's 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 aligned with her father. <laughs> she is her father's daughter, and we are Rams fans. So, uh, all right, well, let's get this W. Well, you and Gamora, well, uh, you guys have uh, have a good football Sunday. I hope, uh, or maybe not, uh, because I just don't want to hear your incessant uh, bragging. We'll get the W. Yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We're we're going to get the fuck out of here. Uh, we, we've got some fucking football to go watch. Uh, but uh, if you stuck with us through this whole episode, like always, uh, please hit that like button. Please hit that subscribe button. And please hit that share button. Look, we appreciate you. Love you for sticking with us through this whole. Uh, this was a good episode. I liked it. Uh, it flowed well. It was very nice. Uh, we got a lot in. Um, but do all that shit. Like, subscribe, like, share, share, tweet, all that retweet, shit. Tweet. Uh, uh, yeah. Put it in your group chat to oh, all of your friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make your grandma listen. Yeah, yeah. Everything. Yeah, yeah. Granny needs to. Granny needs to hear all that shit. Uh, with that being said, uh, like I said, we're gonna get the fuck out of here. But before we do, we hit the user protocol. Fade out. Peace. Uh,